You've got levels. I've got levels. Yep. Is it recording? Yeah. Yes, and we were recording. Right. Oh my gosh, I am so go. sorry. There's nothing to apologize for. This is totally the first take. I definitely doing. didn't not plug in something. And I definitely didn't not notice and start <sighs> talking and recording. You know what? They out there could have seen that this wasn't plugged in. Yeah. And no one said anything. Come on, guys. Help not one here. of you. Help us not one of you. Y'all could have seen this. No one said anything. It's all right. It's all right. You especially. I expected better from you. That's right, Jason. We see you out there. Golly, Jason. It's always <laughs> Jason. Why Jason? No, I don't know. But... Oh, okay. There's a Jason out there. It's like, oh, come on, what guys. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jason. We love you. Jasons are cool. All right. All right. Ready? Yeah. All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 108 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I'm Brian Goulet. I'm Drew Brown. And we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show, where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. And I will say, I don't normally watch the intros to these pencasts because I'm doing them and it's so long. We're not going to review <laughs> this guy's faces. <laughs> I remember a while ago, people were commenting about the faces that you make. And I didn't actually like sit and observe it as a viewer until a couple of days ago where I forget what I was doing. I was, I was trying to look up something, a reference. And I just watched like the first couple of minutes of our intro from last week. And I was like, oh my gosh, Drew's face. I've got nothing While else I'm to talking. do. You're talking. It totally I, makes sense. I got to do like, stuff. I was like, this is really entertaining. I, I probably, <laughs> I make, I was entertained. I don't know if there's ever a time where I don't, make a face at myself while I'm washing my hands like in the, like in the mirror yeah really? I just make faces yeah you know I've got a reaction to I just is, entertain myself what's really funny so whenever I am getting a picture taken like somebody's like oh smile hmm? I always want to make a dumb face yeah I can't help it I've done it since I was a kid it's my natural <laughs> reaction somebody's like taking a picture I'm always like <laughs> I cannot help it that's amazing and Ellie does the exact same thing. Nice. Joseph is normal. You know, he's, he's like Rachel. Just like, oh, smile. You know, whatever. Uh, Me and Ellie both, you're just like. So yeah. Archer does anything but smile. He either just like flat nothing or goofy face. <laughs> to get that kid to smile is like pulling teeth. I kind of love the kid deadpan pictures. Oh, he, that's you know all I mean? he does. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's so funny. And he's like such a goofball in real life. But you try to take a picture of him. He's just like. He's like, nope. Terrible. No, he wants no evidence. Terrible. No evidence of his personality. I have a dog like that too. One really? one of our three dogs does not like having its picture taken. You pull out your phone. How does the and dog po- even know? You they don't even know what's going on. Oh, he he. When you point your phone at him, he will run away. He won't really? even look at you. Yeah. Weird. He's a freak. Maybe it's like some face that you make or something while you're trying to take a picture. Well, I, think, I think he's concerned that he will uh, bind him to this earthly plane. I don't think dogs think at that level. <laughs> I don't think they're aware. They're just like, what is that object? I'm scared of it. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, in today's show, we're going to be talking about the most durable fountain pens, like the Casio G-Shock of the pen world, for you watch people out there. Uh, what pen to buy for the holidays if you really want to flex? Uh, what is our onboarding process like here at Goulet Pens for new team members? We have a lightning round of a bunch of quick questions that I think you're really going to enjoy because I definitely had fun answering them. Drew picked some fun ones. And we're going to be spotlighting the new and elusive Twisby Kai. All that's happening and it will happen after feedback. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to read one quick question here. 
It's not quick. It's not quick. It's very but it's, long. But it's from my friend Dave. Dave Goodridge, 8352 on YouTube, said that uh, it's a long thing. I'm going to paraphrase a bit. Essentially, Dave was working as a contractor for the U.S. Air Force back in the day, and he had to refuel a plane, mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. case, a... Uh, C one thirty Hercules, and he had bought a Waterman so that he could keep track of his nice pen because he was getting it taken and lost and stuff. He's like, I'm going to buy a nice pen so I can keep track of it. And it worked for the most part. Okay. Um, until one day where uh, Air Force pilot needed a refuel, so Dave took care of business, drove out, started refueling it, um, got his Waterman, and um, the pilot. Uh, Dave says the pilot also has paperwork, same as Dave did. To stretch his legs, he walked over to my truck. I handed the paperwork to him to do his part. When he made a face, I realized he had left his pen on the airplane. So, Mm. Dave being the good guy. I see where this is heading. uh Uh-huh. I handed the waterman to him to finish the paperwork. I went about my job, finished the fueling, and drove away. Pulling up to the fuel stand to refill the truck, I discovered that the waterman was missing. Mm. I knew what happened. The pilot has my waterman. At that moment, the C-130 flew overhead. It's a very large... Like passenger, a huge plane. Yeah, yeah. huge monster yeah. plane. My waterman was gone. It flew off into the wild blue yonder. Oh. My question is, what is the most unusual way you've lost a pen? Or have you ever lost a pen? Thank you, guys. Hope you have a great week. Dang, Dave, I am so mm, sorry. I'm sure rough. that he that's said he rough. didn't even remember what pen it was. So obviously, this happened a while ago. But that is a heck of a way. Like, he lost that thing. Like, Oh, it's literally there's no like watching it fly away right, knowing that it's like there it goes <laughs> yeah see that's I, i've never had anything like that happen yeah. if i've lost a pen i don't even i think right now i don't i don't think i've lost any i might have if i have lost a pen i don't know what's gone right now so it's like i don't know it's that's like a, most of my situation yeah like, like like it's almost like i've misplaced things forever i think maybe <laughs> but i don't remember so but yeah. i definitely have never like consciously known that a pen was gone yeah for me me, like if i lose track of it i'm like i haven't lost it i just don't currently know where it is indefinitely misplaced still somewhere it's not like i dropped it into an active volcano and i'm like this pen well dave's pen is also somewhere true but what are the odds that he could get it back although although it is more likely that his got dropped into a volcano than any of yours because um, his actually you don't know what I do in my spare time elevation wise his his pen had it has achieved I like to hang around active volcanoes I mean <laughs> in my spare time that's what I like to do um, yeah that's rough uh, me okay so I have a story that's not actually lost most of the things I lose I I lose track yeah. of the things I I very rarely actually lose I have lost a Lamy, Lamy two thousand at once. That's the most notable pen that I can even remember that I've ever lost. Um, and I, d- I wish I could say I knew. That's what a regular Lamy 2000? Just a regular yeah. Lamy 2000 of a fine nib. It was like my everyday carry kind of a thing. I have, I have a bunch of nib sizes. You know, I carry them around a lot. And it just, I was just like one day, I was like, where's the, where's the fine nib one? And I just looked and I just looked everywhere and couldn't find it. So that's the one pen I've ever like rebought to replace. And I was like, because that's when I like, Fully admit, like, okay, I, I think I've lost this now when I when I replace it. Um, but uh, no, I had an instance <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. So when I was shooting the video for the Hall of Fame, uh, the Lamy 2000 one, uh, I was pulling out a bunch of different pens, a bunch of different 2000s to show them in the video. And I could have sworn that I, you know, had pulled out my stainless steel Lamy 2000. I remember... I remembered like in the moment grabbing the pen and then sort of moving, but I was grabbing a bunch of stuff at one time. There's video equipment everywhere, lights in my face. 
And I remember then kind of like rearranging and setting down at my desk. But then I was like, where's my stainless 2000? Like what, what happened? Like I just moved five feet. Where did this pen go? I remember you talked to me about that. I like tore my office apart. I looked everywhere and I thought like. Yeah, you were like, did you borrow mine? I'm like, no. The only thing I could conclude because I had a distinct memory of picking up the pen and then sitting at the desk and like I lost it. And to be fair, there was one time, Rachel brings this up all the time. I was 17. I bought a movie ticket stub and lost it from the time that I bought the stub to walking to give it to the ticket person. I just lost the ticket stub in 15 feet of walking. And I had to go back and rebuy another ticket. So... It's not the not the first time I've lost track of something, but that I felt like a crazy person. I was like, maybe I like dropped it in the trash can as I was moving around and then the trash got taken out or something like that. I don't know. Turns out like a week later, I had the pen at home the entire time. I just totally hallucinated that I had it in my office and that I grabbed it. I think what happened is I was grabbing a bunch of pens and I was like, oh, the stainless 2000 would be good to show. And I had like the other, like the brown limited edition. I have ones that looked sort of similar. And I just associated, I need to grab pen and stainless pen. Yeah. And I just like, my mind was like. It was in the same part of your yep, brain. you've and, grabbed this. Yeah. And then I sat down and I was like. I've done that before. I have lost this, but no, it, no, it's safely tucked away back in the drawer. Excellent. Now that I know where it is. Anyway, so that's that's my, I didn't actually even lose anything. Yeah. But yeah, that's my yeah. only story. So yeah, I did want to um, pose Dave's question to all of you out there. If you have like truly lost, like not just mm. like, oh, I had this pen and now I don't have it. Like if you truly like lost, but like you dropped it down yeah, it was a like, storm drain or it was like, like something. It was like, yeah, there you go. Like, yeah. It was like in your ear and you looked over a skyscraper and it fell out. Yeah. You know, Give us some good stuff. I'm sure that somebody <laughs> has something. I yeah. don't know if anybody's going to beat Dave, but try. Yeah. There you go. What you got? I got you. I got a bunch of feedback well, in here, I had Drew. a long you one. Really crammed it all I in. had a long one. You, you, That's get cool. little, That's you get the bite-sized nuggets. All right. All right. Here's the first nugget. Um, this is from the Robbie T2. Quantity versus quality idea. Best pen around $500 versus $500 budget for 10 to 20 pens. So, so I like a comparison kind of a yeah, thing. Huh? I don't, we don't need to answer this now, but I put it on here because I thought it was a really cool idea. And I just wanted to ask you like- I like that idea. It's yeah, like I want to ask concept. you and everybody else, like what, where do you land on, if you had to stand, if you got to have first, you oh, know, if you got tough. to choose which podium you're going to stand at for a debate, $500 single pen or $500 worth of, worth of pens? Like, which one are you going to go to? It depends. If it's me as I am now, I'd probably go more in the $500 pen because I have a really good diversity of different types of pens, different styles. But if yeah. I was starting out- And you've out, done the research. Yeah. 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 If it, was, if it was me starting out, it would totally be the $500 budget for 10 to 20 pens because that's literally what I did. I didn't, well, I didn't even have $500 budget when I started, but I was like, I want to get the most experience with different types of pens as possible. So budget pens was the way to go. And, you know, I didn't spend $500 on a pen for quite some time. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I could argue either side. I think for me, I'd rather have $500 worth of pens, Mm. but I absolutely see the merits of a single $500 pen for for sure. sure. And it depends on the type of person. Mm. Like there are one and done type people. I am not that type people. Yeah. I'm a different people. Does it have to be 10 to 20? So like you wouldn't, you you know, because you could get like an 823 yeah. and a Falcon. Like you could get two or three yeah. really decent pens for 500 yeah. bucks. But would you have to get like well, a Robbie bulk says, of them? Robbie says 10 to 20. Okay. Yeah. So Interesting challenge, Robbie. I'm going to give that some thought. Yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do something with that. Um, by Tresja says, your discussion about hammers. 
I feel like <laughs> hammers keep coming up here. Y'all love some hammers. I feel like I have the same discussion with my family every time they see my fountain pen collection. Yeah. And every time I need to explain why I have more than two. I mean, it's fair. Like most people, most people, when I talk to them about fountain pens, first of all, they only know what a fountain pen is most of the time. Just the average, you know, person. They think it's the feather. Yeah. It's like a the thing with a feather. I'm like, that's a quill. That's like, you went back like a hundred years too far <laughs> in history. Um, but yeah, most people, it's like, if they, if the average person that doesn't think about pens very much, they might have one pen that was like a graduation gift or an heirloom or something like that. So they know the idea of a nice pen, but I don't think it's something that people even have one of those use on a regular basis. So I think the concept of I, a, a fountain pen that you like reuse and use constantly is, is a bit foreign to the average American anyway, at least. Right. But, but 40 hammers. Yeah. Well, they have 40 pens. Like why, okay. why would you need there was 40 a, pens? There was someone in the, in, in the comments that hammers said. Hammers are cheaper than pens, somebody, by the way. There was you a know how many hammers you can buy for $500? There was a professional contractor in the comments that said, actually, no, I have five hammers. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, he, he as a professional, oh he justified five hammers. Okay. He was trying to argue with you. Like, actually, Drew, no. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. That kind of makes me look worse, though. Right. It's like, exactly. If you're a professional and you have five hammers and I have 40, I, I, I want to say he was a pipe fitter, maybe. Um, okay. But uh, I don't recall. But, okay. yeah, five I get. 40. There's not 40. Those, those hammers don't fit 40 different purposes. I will admit that I I have a couple of hammers that I some vanity hammers? that I bought for aesthetic reasons. <laughs> they're they're usable hammers. They're good hammers, but I, you can use anything as a hammer. I, there were some there were some that I bought that I would, you know it's got like a leather wrapped handle and it's like oh, really right. nice. Like it's really comfortable. Yeah. It's really nice. I definitely have some that I bought for that reason. And there's like some that's like oh it's got an interesting technology or it's got a different shape to the claw or something like that. Interesting you know. technology. Yeah, a hammer. Some, yes, oh, hammer technology. Hammers have technology, Drew. They do. They do. All right. We need to, I won't get all into it, but... I'm curious about what is hammer technology. There's hammer technology. I know sometimes sometimes they have like a little magnet for the nail. I get that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, there's some technology. But... Different shades, different materials, all kinds all of right. things. There's one that have like, you know, specific structure to it and like made different materials so that it like cuts down vibration and stuff like that. Oh my. There's, 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 there's reasons. Can, some can someone things. make an, an actual hammer that makes the sound like a little baby hammer makes that like <laughs> thing? You know what I mean? But, but like the, a metal hammer that makes that yeah, sound? Yeah, you remember the way you tip it over and be like. <laughs> <laughs> you want that? And then it goes like. <laughs> <laughs> You do that voice, that, that, that sound effect amazingly accurately. <laughs> I want a real hammer that does that. So I'm like. <laughs> you would really want that as you're working? Yeah. As you're like hanging a picture frame? <laughs> <laughs> you just sound like an ape. It does kind of sound like an it ape, does. right? Oh my gosh. Anyway. Wow. Yes, I absolutely want one of those. That's uh, hammer technology. Uh, that's something. I don't know what that is, but yeah. Anyway, I feel you on that one, Trezja. I've had to explain myself in many different aspects of my Sometimes life. Sometimes on the pencast. Because I'm a serial hobbyist in many different ways. Hammers, hatchets, hammer file. You know, pe puzzles, pens, you name it. Um, Atilio Escobar says, you guys are so fun and always put a smile on my face. And to think you guys don't monetize your videos is so respectable. Thank you for doing your pencast slash podcast. Well, you're very welcome. You know, we did monetize our videos at one point. Um, I had heard that it might help to like YouTube's algorithm would like promote your stuff more if it was monetized. I didn't find that to be true. And we did get some money from it, but I don't think the fountain pen 
content world is super lucrative. So we weren't getting a lot of money at the time. And um, it was like, you know, we're just kind of forcing everybody to watch ads. And that's not really what we want. I didn't feel like it was worth the trade-off. The internet's full of that anyway. Yeah. I was like, and I just, oh, ads just also make like, me actually upset. There are plenty days. of YouTube videos where I'm like, oh, maybe I'll check that out. And then an ad plays at the beginning and I'm just like, nope, like, no, nope, no, I won't. I don't want to deal with this. I've done that so yeah, many times. Exactly. We don't want you doing want that put, with our I videos. Want to any barriers. Yeah. And we have no, when you monetize on YouTube, you have zero control over what ads get shown. So, you know, who knows what the heck happens. Now I will say we don't, we aren't currently monetized. I'm not going to say we wouldn't ever in the future, partly because, bless you. Very, Can you imagine what? A very quiet sneeze, Drew. Thank you. How respectful. Well, compared to you, even <laughs> oh, a jet engine is quiet. I actually hurt my throat when you I sneezed. startled me yesterday. I, it happens the all the time. The thing about you, you don't have like a, you don't have like a. There's no buildup. <gasps> there's not even a breath. Every now and then I'll get a buildup, but oftentimes. It was just a shotgun. It's like an attack. Yeah. It's like, like a, a shotgun Someone blast. pulled a trigger. Yeah. Can you imagine what YouTube would play as an ad if it just listened to the content of our pen casts? <laughs> I don't know what you would get. Like it'd be, you know, hammers and yellow jacket repellent. <laughs> yeah. And cargo <laughs> shorts and uh, all kinds of stuff. Video games and yeah. old movies. And yeah, it's a hodgepodge. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, I will say YouTube made a change a couple of years ago where if they want to put ads on your content, they will, whether you are monetized or not. So it used to be that they would not put any ads if you weren't monetized. And that was cool. Now we have zero control over that. So actually, I'm kind of curious because YouTube gives no information about this behind the scenes. Um, we don't have anything monetized at the moment. I'm very curious if you all watching our content, not just Pencast, but just all of our YouTube videos, do you see YouTube ads? Because I genuinely don't know. Because Honestly, if they're showing you ads anyway, I'm like, well, we should monetize and then we can put, it doesn't cost you guys anything. We could just put that into our production. But I don't want to do that if it's going to force you to watch ads when you're not seeing them already. So I'm genuinely curious. If you could type in the comments, I would really love to know. All right. Toots4956 says, I had a sailor pen with a mother, oh, no, no. sorry, a medium, medium fine. Thank M you. MF nib. Okay. It means medium <laughs> fine. Fountain pen context, a medium fine nib that was scratchy one way. So I watched a past video you made and used the mesh. I like that. The mesh. The mesh. Very hip sounding. I got the mesh, man. Uh, used the mesh ever so gently twice and had great results. This pen cast was a good review. Thank you. Blessings. Well, that is cool. Glad you to know. hear it. Glad to hear it. Some of the stuff we share is actually helpful, like in the real world. It's very gratifying. It's like a broken clock thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Even the blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Um, and the last one, JBots8883 says, great answer on the nibs, 14K versus 18K. I appreciate how you incorporated shape and other qualities that impact the writing experience as much, if not more than the actual gold content. Great content as always matches the quality products and service you offer. Well, thank you, JBots. I really appreciate that. Yeah, we got a lot of good feedback on that last week. A lot That's of people great. appreciated that discussion. I'm glad. I'm glad because, you know, sometimes I can deep dive and I'm like, does anybody care about any of this? This time, yes. I'm very glad to hear that. Actually, most times is much to my chagrin. I, I 
That's why I keep having to it's add sort of deep like dive the, topics. It's sort of like the dad jokes. You're kind of like, I'm, like I think I'm um, the one that hates them the most. But well, yeah, that's well, okay. That's, that's all right. right. That's yeah. all right. Well, you're you're taking it for the team. You're you're doing. I, you're I am suffering I'm, for the audience. I am yeah. the most captive audience. <laughs> you are. You are kind of <laughs> literally captive. I'm literally, there's a door shut right there. Yeah, I lock the door, and Drew can't get out <laughs> until we're done. I'm just kidding. Um, no, that's really cool. I'm glad to hear that because sometimes, especially in the fountain pen world, we wanna we wanna make things very reductive and very like you know this or that you know, one or the other. And it's like, mm, there's, there's a spectrum on basically every aspect of the fountain pen world. So sometimes you just need a crud load of nuance to work into there. So I was trying to do that in that question. You did. One person even said, I'm assuming based on this question, just said, Brian is a great teacher. That was a comment. Well, that's awesome to hear. Thank there you. you. Go. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Because I know you probably, you feel like you can kind of go on and on and sometimes you can, oh, but you still, I can. you still get the point across. Yeah. Well, I do a lot of research too. Yeah. So it's like, I always try to look up questions like this in advance. And you can tell because like when, when you watch our more improvised yeah. pencasts, I'm like way less yeah. technical because I just don't remember facts so well. Um, but, you know, and this time I like I'll start to dig in. I'm like, OK, I know where to go to start answering this question. Yeah. Let me do some research. Let me look it up. And I sort of go down my own rabbit hole and then I sort of piece it yeah, together. I think it's appreciated. Good. I'm really glad to hear that. All right. That's it for feedback. And we got a bunch of new stuff. All right, Drew, I think our, our dry spell may be over here, at least for the week. Um, we didn't have a lot of new stuff in the last couple of weeks, but we got, we're, we're, we're making up for it yeah, now. Chock full. Yep. Uh, first, thing, first thing we got is the Lamy Dialogue CC Fountain Pen, all black. So it's a new finish, basically, a new color of the Dialogue CC. This is the little one, the little compact one. Which is better, right? Which it's different. I I, I think it's, I like it's it probably better. better for most people. Like it's smaller. It's not as like long and heavy as the full size one. I just feel like it's like the design is more creative. You know, you've got that cool little roll yeah. stop there. Yeah. You know. Looks a little less like a hot dog. Yeah. You know, the big one does sort of look like that. But yeah. it's a beautiful pen and it, the engineering is really cool. So I've always I've always had sort of a, a sweet spot in my heart I, whatever yep whatever metaphor you go with there i've always liked the dialogue but it's not always the most practical form of a fountain pen but this one's a little better for me it's fun um so that one it's 350 so it's it's up there in price a little bit but what i will say is that black and gold two-tone nib looks really sharp it's the same that same nib is on the uh lamy studio all black yes so that's yes. like the all black the all, nib yeah, i guess yeah because i don't because most of the other black, yeah, most of the other black nibs are all. Maybe there's an Emporium black that has that nib too. I think you might be right. I think yeah, but, but these it's, these it's are not both, many pens. But Lamy's calling both of these all black, all yeah. black studio, all black dialogue. Well, there you go. So maybe it's know. like the makings of a little family. Okay, yeah, I like that. A little all black family of yeah. pens. Yeah, so maybe they can do an all black two thousand. Huh? Huh? Black hardware? They're not going to do that. They've made a brown and a blue. That would be amazing if they did an all black. How tight would that look? That would look cool. Ah, ah, this is going to get my hopes up. Okay, anyway. Uh, so we have that. Anyway, go check that out. It's a cool pen. Uh, we have the Sailor 1911 King of Pens Wasabi. Nope, Wabi Sabi. I want to say Wasabi every time. Wabi Sabi Fountain Pen, the third edition. This is a limited edition pen. It comes in a blue or a red. This is a textured Yurushi lacquer. Um, very interesting designs. It's more in like... Is it part of the bespoke collection? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's bespoke, which means it's cool and interesting and very limited in nature. So $2,500 for these, but King of Pens, huge 21K nib, which is pretty awesome. 
And as you know, 21K must mean it's better, right? <laughs> Watch last episode for that. Legitimately, though, that is a cool nib. It's one of my favorites. All right. And then we have the Twisby Kai fountain pen. This is a limited pen as well. I don't think this was numbered, if I'm not mistaken. I don't believe so. We can find out. Um, but anyway, it's limited in nature for sure. In fact, we're launching it this week, and I'm sure it'll be gone by the time this video publishes. So I'm sorry, but we are going to be restocking in maybe a month or so. So that's kind of neat. Uh, $130 for this one. It does not look like any other Twisby that you have pretty much ever seen, except yeah. for... Well, so what's weird about this is they don't have a model name for this. The but they have made them before. They have. And we're going to get into that in the spotlight today. So, But, uh, yeah. yeah, so you can um, sign up for the uh, notification list. Yeah, sign so up we, for email notification if you are checking the site and it's already gone. Um, do that. Or if you're on the original email list, we don't. We didn't get very many, so we don't even have enough to cover what's on the current email list. So you might need to sign up again. Yep. Um, there you go. Next up, we have some Ink samples, bigger ink samples, really. So we have had two mil ink samples for 12, 13 years. Yeah, make closer to 13 years. Um, and it's been a great volume for most people, but there are some people that have bigger nibs or they just don't, you know, don't find that certain pens don't fill as easily from the two mil vial and have been asking us for larger sample sizes, which I've always been kind of torn about because it's like I, I do get where there's a benefit to that, but it increases the price of the samples, obviously. It so it's like, would I want four mils of every ink out there? It's not necessarily. So we have 800 plus colors of ink that we would have to change over if we were to make a change to four mil instead of two mil. So we said, you know what? Let's do, let's do a little test. Let's see what people actually want. So we're not taking away any two mil samples. We are going to be offering, or we are now offering, four mil samples in like our 24 or 25 most popular ink sampling colors. So you now have the option to get two or four, depending on how much you want to pay and which you find more valuable to you. And then we'll see how that goes for a while. And then if y'all really love it and want us to expand, we can expand. I don't know. So as it is right now, we're just going to be offering both at the same time. And uh, we'll see probably through the holiday season and see kind of how it goes. And if we want to add to it, we always can. But there you go. That's what we're doing now. So go check those out if you're interested. And last but not least, we had the Diamine Inkvent calendars, which are going to be coming out. It's that time of year. Yep. It's going to be coming uh, towards the end of this month. I, we have it. We have sort of a date, but I don't know if it's like an official, official date. Like October 20th is kind of what we've been told. I don't know how hard of a date that is, but just keep that in mind. So if you are interested in Diamine Inkvent, go ahead and sign up for the email notification because then as soon as we get them in, we will be able to let you know that we have them and you can pick one up for yourself. So go check that out. This is the purple series, right? The purple edition. And we, yeah, they've had, I don't remember all the different colors, red, green, blue, not in that order, uh, and now purple, I believe, right? This is the fourth one? Yeah. I want to say, yeah. It was red, blue, red, green. Red, blue, green, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I said it, red, green, blue. Yeah. RGB, that's why I said it, because the red, green, blue, I don't That know, makes whatever. sense. <clears throat> anyway, go sign up for that. Uh, we have it on the site right now. That's right. Whew. All right, Drew. Now you, yes. got, you got a bunch too. Yeah. Um, Visconti Rembrandt S. And mm. uh, I don't know if we ever covered in here that the Rembrandts have been Rembranded, rebranded. Um, <laughs> Rembranded. Re Rembranded. So they're calling them the Rembrandt S now. And I believe the S stands for Schmidt because they switched to Schmidt nibs. Oh. So that's out there. Uh, they're German nibs made by Schmidt. So if you had a Rembrandt from years and years ago, mm -hmm. weren't super stoked about the nib, might want to give it another shot because these nibs are better. 
Uh, this one is the Lilac, and it is coming in at 175.20. It's available now. It looks nice, so nice. check it out. We also have some other Rembrandts in the Rembrandt S series that also look pretty cool. So that's the new one from Visconti. New from Conklin, we've got the 1898 collection. So three pens in that collection, each for $108. Misto green, misto orange, and misto purple. Misto means mixed in Italian, Brian. That makes sense because and these, these look colors, very mixed up, swirly resins. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's, so it looks different than your average Conklin. They've done a lot of quite different, like cast resin type stuff with like chunky looking things. Yeah. This you is know? not chunky. This is swirly. Yeah. So very different patterns. What do you like better? You like chunks or swirls generally? Um, Are you a chunky or a swirly? I think I'm a chunky. Really? Yeah. I could see that. You have a lot of chunky pens. Thank you. I like swirls. Yeah. I like both, but I think I lean swirl. Yeah, I, I definitely lean chunk. I think the chunks have a have something a little bit more distinguished to them. I like looking at the swirls, mm. but as far as what I want in my collection, I, ch- te- I tend to go chunk. The chunk is definitely like more of a vintage thing. Like yeah. That's, when I think of vintage pens, I think of chunky more than swirly. Yeah, I gravitate but, toward the chunk. There you go. Anyway. What do you all like, um, chunk or swirl? Let us know. Uh, and then Monteverde, they've got a new ink set. Um, so these are going to be individual inks and inks available in a set. These mm. are color-changing fountain pen inks, the first that I've ever seen. So you know those... Fountain pen, yeah, for sure. If you were a kid in the 90s, you had a pack of markers that you had. Uh, you could color on the paper, and then you could have a white marker that you could go over that color with, and it would change, change. colors. Yes. The best one was the black that changed into hot pink, and even as a kid, black that and hot pink. That was really cool. That was, black and hot pink were my favorite colors yeah. because of that one, that was because of that one. marker. And do you remember some of the tips, too? There was like a regular like fat, just kind of like cone tip on the white marker, and there were some that were like had like shapes to them. I didn't have any that that had that on the color changing marker, but I yeah. did have those shapes on just regular markers. I think they had those, yeah, but I I think maybe I'm maybe I'm crossing my my synapses here. But they definitely memory. had those on markers for sure. Uh, yeah, maybe I, yeah. maybe they didn't have that, but I feel like it was on the color changing one too. Maybe I don't they just certainly could have been. Maybe you bought like the fancy pack or something. There is no um black and a hot pink, but they do have a bunch of other colors and uh, like I said, you can buy them as samples, uh, bottles, single bottles or in a set. The, and we um, are doing samples of them too. Yeah. So um, the set itself is uh, $90.40. So that is definitely like the most fun way yeah. to get these inks. But you're getting what, like eight bottles of ink? Yeah. Eight bottles of ink. And then the ninth is the um, uh, the, the color, um, changer, the color changer. Yeah. So that's yeah. just clear. It's 100% clear. Mm-hmm. You can put that in your fountain pen. So I would approach this as kind of using a swab or a dip pen to put down a heavier layer of one of the colors and then filling your fountain pen with the color changing agents Mm. and actually writing with that. Uh, But you can do whatever you want. It's totally novel, totally unique, and totally fun. So check those out if you you want to. We have not tested this yet. I seem to remember as a kid writing like a secret message in the clear Mm -hmm. one and then coloring over it (gasps) with the regular marker. Yeah. Do these things do that? I don't that? know. That we haven't tried yet. We have to try that. I literally never thought of it until That's a great just idea. this Why moment. Didn't... Oh my gosh, yeah, we totally yeah. should have done that. I, I forgot that that was a thing yeah. until right now. Now, I will say that most of these inks dry really, really quickly. So just keep that in mind. Some, of them, some of them feather like nuts. But yeah. again, the purpose of them is not to like use them as regular writing inks. The purpose of them is yeah. to create a backdrop it's for a novel, the color. It's a novelty. Yeah, it's yeah. totally, it's a toy. They're toy and I, w- I wouldn't write like your your you know, your will and testament or no. like any long standing like I wouldn't imagine that these are gonna be like archival no. inks. Just or anything goof like off that. with them, play with them, yeah. have fun with them. Yeah. Um and then Retro fifty one has a new 
couple products here. Uh, the first one is a fountain pen. We uh -huh. don't carry many of Retro 51's fountain pen, but they have fountain pens and they're nice. The Tornado. The Tornado fountain pen, yes mm. sir. So the Buzz, um, which is a bee rescue design, uh, we have had available in a rollerball for quite some time, it's but cool now design. it is so it's, cool. I love the texture, which of that. is why we chose to try it in a fountain pen, Brian. Yay! Because it's been super popular as a rollerball, and yeah. we're wondering if it will be at all popular as a fountain pen. We'd love for it to be, so please uh, vote with your purchases if you mm -hmm. like that idea. If this one does well, it might open the door for some more fountain pen yeah. options. I personally have been using one recently, and it's been performing nicely for me. So yeah, um, we, we used to like dry out a little bit and stuff like that but we've heard that they've yeah. made iterative changes over time yeah. and like the cap ceiling is a lot better than yeah. it used to be so we haven't we haven't really given a hard look in a while yeah so yeah i'm very curious what kind of feedback that we get yeah. about them we're really curious but uh, that is 11650 uh yovo steel nib uh great design it's one of the acid etch designs too so you get a little bit of a texture and some really beautiful highlights and colors in That's the cool. buzz and then back where the tornado or the tornado likes to be in the rollerball realm we have an owl rescue pen. So both the owl and the bee uh, have a portion of the proceeds donated to um, nonprofits that help with animal conservation. So owls and bees, respectively. Mm -hmm. So the owl rescue pen, not only are you going to be helping owls, but you're going to get a really cool, additionally, acid etch pen. So again, more texture and glow-in-the-dark owl eyes. So a really fun and this is $65 because it is the rollerball. So both of those are available now from Retro 51. The Neat. Owl is like legit brand new. The Fountain Pen Buzz is brand new to us. Yes. As long as they don't come out with a yellow jacket rescue pen. Oh, God. So I would not support do that. Do you still like, when you see bees in general, do you still like, oh, bees are nice? Or are you just kind of like put off by all no, yellow I'm, and I've, black insects? I've learned to educate myself as to the different types of bugs. Excellence. I'm not like, yeah, give me all the bees. I just want them crawling all over me. You know, there's like an instinct, especially because I literally have like traumatic events yeah. in my life around getting stung a lot. I wonder if uh, like- at, it, I definitely have like a natural reaction. Like if something is flying on me and kind of buzzing or whatever, I'm like, oh, I'll jump, but I'm not gonna like try to kill it or- Maybe you should add bees to your property. Maybe they'd scare off the yellow jackets. My kids are deathly afraid of bees. So uh, that would be a waking nightmare for my children. I have a friend that did, that did the whole honeybee thing. Yeah. For a little while. Yeah, got himself a little bench, you know, yeah. thing. Yeah, he That's loved cool. it. So, That's cool. You know, mad, mad respect. I yeah, bought, bought himself a little queen, you know, added it. It's a, it's a whole cool. thing. I follow a lot of like bee rescue channels on Instagram. Of course you do. Where someone will go and be like, yeah, I got a report that there were some bees here. You know, got them out from under the truck, put right, them in my thing. Right. Yeah. But they, they bring queens with them just in case it's a queenless colony and they need to get them into a new box. They'll be like, oh, luckily I had a queen on me, so... You pull Does it out. like follow the queen? Yeah. Huh. If, they, if it's a queenless colony, you need to add a queen so they wow. follow it. Yeah. The queens are just like, they have these little wooden boxes with a little carve out where the queen is and a little bit of wire mesh over yeah, it. Yeah. I wish so I've seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And they just scoop them up. No problem. Plop them in there. Bare hands. Yeah. That freaks me out. Yeah. I've watched some of that. I don't follow anybody. The, like, things, the, but the crazy thing is like, like when they scoop them up, I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then they just, they, instead of like, sometimes like, instead of like dumping them gently, they'll just like, they just like shake them shake, off. Yeah, I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Yeah. But they like, don't they like puff the smoke and stuff like that? Some, so they're yeah. like, yeah. They not, do that at the end. Like once they do, have done all the scooping, they'll, they'll yeah. give it a couple puffs and get the, get the rest out there. <sighs> Mad respect. Yeah, I know, it right? Freaks me out. It's so cool. Freaks me out. Anyway. Time for Q&A though. Yeah, let's do it. 
We are starting things off with Texas Cowboy 210. Of course we are. And the question is, what's the G-Shock of fountain pens? It can take a beating, get dirty, don't baby it, just works. The G-Shock being Casio's rugged, always working, very affordable watch. Yeah. Do you have a G-Shock? I don't. I do. It's my kayaking watch. Yeah. Or my yard work watch. You know... For research purposes, I had to I had to go on Casio's website and look at their G-Shock watches. Some of them are pretty cool. There, lie. there are some that like look. They they came out with some that are like super retro looking. Yes, like they look really rad. Mine's just yes. plain old black. You know, forty five dollar. You know, yeah, bare bones that's G-Shock. Yeah, that's yeah. I got it just for yeah. You know, just getting for banging get, around. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. Yeah, so I totally get it. I think they're cool. I may or may not. You know, watches are another thing where I'm just like, okay, how many watches do I need? But I will say a lot of my watches, the batteries have died since COVID and I just have not replaced them. Yeah. So I have like two working watches right now. Yeah. Uh, one of which I'm wearing at the moment, which I think you replaced the battery in this I one. I did. Yep. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so G-Shock, a fountain pen. So, okay, so what is like, you know, the standby, reliable, will always work kind of fountain pen? Now, let me say, I don't, I don't think there's one pen that's known as like the G-Shock of the fountain pen world. Like there's no pen I think that's been designed to be like the absolute most durable in all situations. The G-Shock is made for that purpose. Exactly. I don't think you can really have that with fountain pens so much. I mean, there's definitely some that are more durable than others. Um, but no, no, one, no one's really, you know, tried and said this is that pen. Well, I think with any fountain pen, if you bang it around a lot, you're definitely going to get ink like in the cap and stuff like that like just the nature of fountain pens and how they work you're not going to get something that's like indestructible and like works flawlessly in all situations there's physics involved with ink flowing through a feed that's going to cause a mess if you're like flinging around too much it's a controlled leak yeah but i always um, say it's just like getting you know getting a straw filled with water plugging one end and just holding that end like yeah you've got you know, gravity or, or like lifting your finger slightly so that yeah. it drains out in a controlled fashion. But if you take that straw, even though you've got your finger plugged, you start flinging it around, water's gonna yeah, water's gonna start going out of it. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of that way. Um, but yeah, there's certainly ones like the bodies and nibs and stuff are more durable than most. Um, so I think there's definitely some like workhorse pens that have like durable bodies, reliable nibs. You know, I would say most of them are going to end up being steel nib pens, just because steel is a more durable material. Um, and then you know, also I think you know, G-Shock, they're on the more affordable end. They have some nicer ones that get up into like closer to a thousand dollars. If you want to get like very fancy, like all metal ones and stuff like that. But most of them I think are like one to 200 kind of dollars. Mine was 45. Well, inflation's happened. So I don't know that that's really happening anymore. I don't, there's none that was $45. The cheapest one I saw on their site was like a hundred dollars. What? Yeah. Yeah. No way. I think so. Maybe I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't super researching that oh. aspect of it. I could have missed some, but oh. you know, I don't know. Um, so anyway, the, um, yeah. So I was thinking about like, okay, what pens kind of fall into that category? Just the really reliable workhorse pens. And I think the one that came to mind first for me was the Lamy Safari. You know, that is just a durable workhorse, especially if you get like the matte finish, you know, like the charcoal, you know, it's a banger on pen. It's a durable, you know, it's maybe like ABS plastic. They're pretty sturdy. The nibs, they're steel nibs. They're pretty, you know, you can replace them if you need to. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty reliable writer. It's got a big thick clip on it. You can clip it onto whatever, you know. 
I know people, I know people in the military that carry them in their like BDUs. I know other people that are clip them in messenger bags and, you know, um, people that are like border patrol agents and wear it as they like tote around on their ATVs all day. Like it's, it's a pretty durable. So that's the one that comes to mind the most for me. Um, I think the all-star or anything kind of in that family could also be considered in there. Maybe slightly less durable just because the all-star can, you know, chip and dent and stuff like that a little bit, but you know, it'll still work just fine. So also pretty durable. Um, I think the pilot metropolitan, you know, would probably compare a little bit to the safari, maybe not quite as much, but it's kind of in that similar, similar price range. Um, very durable metal pen, um, very reliable nib pilot nibs are great. Um, so I would kind of consider that in there. Uh, if you want to go to a gold nib, I think Lamy 2000 is a strong contender. That's a pretty dang durable pen, as long as you don't lose it like I lost mine. Um, the black or the stainless steel. The stainless steel is going to be friggin' rock solid, you know? So, but you, even still, the the regular polycarbonate one is going to be very durable as well. I don't know anybody who's ever broken a 2000 with, unless they like, did really, something like, they shouldn't take have. it apart, like try to remove the piston yeah. and strip the threads or something, but like, or like dropping it directly on the nib from like, you know, standing full standing height or something like that. Um, Lamy 2000 is going to take a licking. Um, I think the Quaco Sport uh, also could fall in that category, especially if you have any of the metal ones like the brass or the raw aluminum or something like that. Those are going to be friggin' durable. Now, I don't find those nibs to be as consistent. So, um, I mean, the nibs all work just fine, but like, I don't know, I think some of those pens, they like source out nibs maybe from different ma- manufacturers. So it can be somewhat hit or miss on those pens. So, but for what they are, if you have a, a pen with a nib that you like on there, it's going to be very reliable. And the pen body itself is going to be very durable, even in the plastic version ones, like the sport and the, um, the, the ice and, you know, things like that. Um, those are going to be pretty, those are going to be pretty durable. Um, Super and Lilliput too, also would fall into that category. So yeah, Kueko all around has got some pretty durable pens. Even the Perkeo for that matter, it's a pretty sturdy pen. So yeah, yeah I would consider those in there. Um, uh, the Traveler's Pen. So not a lot of options. One nib size, one pen option, unless they did the limited edition or something. Uh, that is my carport pen. I have literally had it in my cargo shorts, disassembling a carport in 95 degree heat. And it literally was functioning no different than any other time I've taken it anywhere. So that one to me is one of my favorite uh, durable pens. Um, and then I said a shown design pen too, like a pocket shown design pocket pen. They're very small, very, very durable, rock solid pens. And even the finish that's on them, the anodized finish is really durable too. So it's got some crazier finishes on it, which, you know, maybe a lot of these other pens I mentioned here don't have as like much of a design or a pattern to them. But I mean, I don't know about you. I haven't like, tried to abuse them or anything but i think they hold up pretty they would definitely darn hold up. basically yeah. it's like bonded to the metal so you would have to like scratch it to the point where you're actually removing metal to to get the color off of that pen um and then i'll give an honorable mention to the pilot varsity that was my pick really yeah i wrote it down oh oh yeah you did varsity um so it's different than the other pens on this list because it's not one that's going to withstand a lot of abuse in terms of like it being like rock solid, hard, you know, impenetrable, but it's made of like a softer plastic. That's more of like an, uh, it's not like a hard, brittle plastic. It's a softer, flexible plastic. So it's like, yeah, you can deform it. You can sit on it, you know, crush it, whatever, but it's not going to like snap and break, you know, most likely. And the thing that I think makes this pen very reliable in terms of writing is it's got a wick feed. Now it's meant as a disposable pen. So it's not, you know, 
that's where you could argue that it wouldn't fall into this category because it's basically meant to be thrown away after it's emptied. You can refill them though as a hack, but it's got this wick feed in there, which when you're talking about tossing a pen around and flicking it and stuff like that, the wick feed is going to really prevent that from happening a lot. Like I can't, there's that and like the yookers that I can think has a wick feed. I can't even think of anything else. Yookers isn't a fountain pen though. It's not. Well, yeah, it's not. So is there any other fountain pen you can think of that has a wick feed? I believe there's got to be, some, be something else. I believe the uh, Petite. Okay, which they don't have in the U.S. The Pilot Petite one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's got a wick as well. So other than Pilot, I don't know that anybody has a wick feed. Uh, now there's going to be a disadvantage. It's not going to work well with shimmer, and you know mm -hmm. certain inks are probably going to clog more easily. Anything pigmented is but not. But you gonna can't put one of those well. in a varsity. You would have to hack it. You could do it if you're really determined. <laughs> Um, but you know, especially for the price, what it is, I think it's great to just have yeah. those on hand that that's what you should be carrying around. Uh, David, David, Dave, Dave. Yeah. that's what you carry around so that, uh, if anybody ever needs to borrow your pen, you're only out a couple of bucks. Anyway, that's what I got. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with the varsity. I think that's the most G shock version. If you could take into account reliability, consistency, affordability, and durability. It's a good perform performing yeah. pen. Yeah. It does the job. Yeah. The only drawback is what you said. It is technically disposable. Yeah. So. And your color options are limited because it comes preloaded. Yeah. You know. But, but yeah, I, that was my pick for the most G-Shocky of pens. Okay. Fair enough. And you're more credible than I because I, I don't own a G-Shock. So, yeah. you know, but maybe I will. I will say I didn't buy mine from the Casio website. So that might have been why mine was more affordable. Could be. Could be. Or maybe they don't, I don't know. Maybe they don't have everything on their website. Yeah. Or maybe I, mine was like the thinnest, tiniest, most bare bones version of the G-Shock. Yeah. But I did buy pre-COVID, so maybe they just exploded in price. I mean, it wouldn't be the only thing that's yeah. gone up in price since COVID. So anyway, um, let's move on. Next question. Chino 13 says, I want to flex on the upcoming family holidays events. What are some pens I can buy under $500? So you want to flex, like you want to show off some fountain pens. You should buy 10 to 20 pens. <laughs> all of them. Yes, yeah, walk around with all of them lined up in, band <laughs> in a bandolier. 10 to 20 varsities, done. Oh, yeah. You'll flex. Um, just make a necklace out of them, yeah. Honestly, just having a fountain pen is kind of a weird flex. Like, that's already going to be a conversation starter. So if you're looking that's to true. be like, get people to ask questions, they're going to, if you are using a fountain pen. Jinhao Dragon. There you go. That's the thing. I mean... <laughs> In the U.S. anyway. I guess if you're using one in Germany or somewhere, no one's going to ask questions about that. But in the U.S., yeah, you pull out a fountain pen during family dinner at Thanksgiving, you're going to get some eyes on you. But um, I picked a couple of them uh, that were under $500, which is a huge price range, by the way. You get a lot of options for 500 and under. Oh, yeah. I picked a couple options that uh, I think have things that you can do with them. Um uh, visually speaking. So uh, I thought about the Dialog CC because we mentioned that mm -hmm. that one is a really unique looking pen, but the fact that it has a retractable nib is absolutely fascinating. Even somebody that is familiar with fountain pens is going to see that and do a double take because that's just not something that happens very often. And if it does, it usually happens in the manner that the Pilot Vanishing Point has popularized the, you know, the retractable option. This one is a twist version, which also the, you know, Capitalist does, but the, the the CC is very unique. It just looks. I mean, it doesn't if you if you held it, just looking at it, you don't even know what it is. It could be mascara for all you know. But no, it's a fountain pen. Look, it's cool. Uh, speaking of the VP, the Vanishing Point LS. 
uh, comes to mind as well. So the vanishing point is cool. Definitely interesting for somebody that isn't expecting a retractable fountain pen. But the LS flies under the radar a little bit because while, yes, it clicks like the standard vanishing points do, the it has a, a, um, a ring that rotates as you extend the nib and then you flick that ring to then retract the nib. It's a really cool design. It's a really cool action and set of mechanics that is eye-catching and really fun to fiddle with as well. So that one, you know, if someone sees you working on that, they're gonna be like, what the heck is that? And you can tell them about it. So that's definitely a conversation starter as well. Um, keeping with Pilot, the Pilot uh, Justice 95 also flies under the radar like the LS does. Yeah. But that one's a really cool pen too. On on the outside, it doesn't look very special, but the nib is really unique. Now, this one isn't going to like write, you know, from a distance, it's not going to look crazy or weird. But if you did want to talk about something, the fact that it has a, an extendable bar that, you know, rises out over the nib that, you know, in practice changes the hardness and softness of the nib uh, by uh, either restricting or allowing the nib to have some movement to it is very, very unique. And the, as to my knowledge, the only modern fountain pen that has a feature like that. So that one, definitely something to talk about. And as far as looks go, oh, by the way, sorry, uh, the, the Dialog CC is $350. The Vanishing Point LS is $480, so right at your limit. The Justice 95 is 336 And the next one I'm going to talk about is 486 so very close to the limit of 500 But the Tibaldi Bononia LE, We've got very, very few of those left, but it is discounted right now to 486 so officially under the limit. Those nibs are the coolest looking nibs we currently have in stock, in my mm. opinion. They look so freaking rad. They have like an eagle with like wings bursting or light flying out. Like it, the, and it's a two-tone nib. This nib just looks incredible, and I think it's a showstopper nib for sure. I would, it would definitely catch my eye. So um, if you just want like a, eye-catching nib, that thing shows it off. And then uh, the Kaveco Supra, any Supra, but the aluminum black one is the newest one. And I got my hands yeah, on that. Sharp. I got my hands on that last week. It is so cool, Brian. At $140 for the black aluminum, it if you wanted to really catch some eyes, you could you know, open the pen, remove that middle section, put the pen back together into its more compact format. People are gonna be like, what the heck are you doing? Why are you taking that thing apart? Like it's a, you know, some sort of rifle, but it's definitely eye-catching, definitely fiddleable if you wanted just something to play with and definitely something that requires some explanation as well. So I think that that one might be my pick because I actually really want that pen, but um, also a good choice at 140. And then finally, the Shown Design Pocket 6, which Brian mentioned in the last question, at 170 is a great conversation piece as well. Like the uh, Supra, it is compact and then full size, so seeing what happens there is unique. But the Dark Matter version that we sell at our website has just a really unique look. There's no other fountain pen that looks like this at all, unless you go to Ian Schoen's website, which I definitely recommend you should do. He's got a lot of really wild pens there, but definitely a showstopper, definitely a conversation starter. And once you get the conversation started, you can talk about how it's made in Philadelphia, 100%, you know, with the exception of, you know, the nib and feed in this case, uh, you can go on to talk about how Ian makes his own nibs and feeds also, and how you don't have one yet, but you're going to get one. But a lot of stuff to, to talk about, especially if you're interested in talking about something locally made. So 
uh, Shonen Design Pocket 6, good option as well. So those are my picks. Nice. I will not expound. Great. For the sake of time. All right. Well, <laughs> let's move on to question number three. And that is from Kristen with an N. As far as without an N, which would be Kristen. All right. Can I work for Goulet Benz in Michi- from Michigan? JK, maybe. Um, but then Kristen with an N goes on to add an addendum, which says, but seriously, can you talk about your onboarding process for new employees? Yeah, so I'll say we're not currently hiring uh, remote workers, unfortunately, but, you know, you never know what the future might hold. Um, we do we do like to have everybody out of the office here at Richmond because we're a product-based business, so getting your hands on the products is super helpful. Um, we're operating in like a hybrid setting ever since COVID, but everybody's based out of Richmond. So um, if we open up anything, We'll have it on our website. And we do have everybody in the office at least a couple times a week. Yeah. It's kind of important for culture reasons and getting to show people products and, you know, all those things. But anyway, um, onboarding. So, you know, we're a small, small company, 30 people. Um, maybe it doesn't seem as small in the fountain pen world, but in terms of like businesses in general, we're like, I think that most, dust, I think know? like under a thousand is usually considered small business, right? Yeah. 500 to a yeah. thousand, depending on who you're asking is generally considered a, a small business, yeah. you know, under 500 for some groups, under a thousand for others, you know, which is, that's still a lot bigger than us. Uh, either way you look at it. So, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, onboarding with 30 people, we're not onboarding people like constantly. So it's pretty hands-on, you know, and culture wise, like we have a lot of people who've been here like pushing a decade or over a decade. So when somebody new is here, it's notable and everybody gets to know everybody. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty immersive. Um, you know, we have like multi-step interviews with lots of conversations about fit, you know, for the role fit for the culture and stuff like that. So that's really where the process begins. Um, but actually onboarding, like, say you've gone through the process, you selected the job and all the paperwork is signed, all that kind of stuff. First thing is there's a bunch of HR and legal stuff to take care of, you know, signing up for benefits and all those types of things, getting things like your IT stuff, your computer set up, passwords, access to all your software, that kind of stuff. We, we really got to take care of all that stuff, you know, access to the building, getting your key fob and all these things. Um, so that's like first couple of days. Um, and then basically it kind of depends a little bit on the role, but there's a lot of product knowledge training that has to happen. Like you really can't do what you need to do here without understanding what fountain pens are and how they work and what makes them different. Um, some of that, you know, hands on. It's hard to expect that. We really don't expect that from anybody. It's a nice to have, but it's not an expectation. Um, watching a lot of videos, you know, we have a ton of videos. So honestly we have a lot of great educational resources, but we don't just like turn people to our YouTube channel and be like, here you go, watch 2000 videos. We have a curated list of videos, depending on which role and how you know immersive their knowledge needs to be. We'll do some hands-on training, have different types of pens, have different people on the team involved in the training so they get to work with different people too. Um, we got some documentation and stuff like that as well. Uh, but honestly, all this is ongoing because we're all constantly learning about product knowledge, but it's much more immersive at the onset. Um, and then some training varies by role. If you're in like a customer care or a marketing role, it's gonna be a lot more hands-on product training, uh, a lot more, you know, involvement in like who are our customers and their preferences, things like that. Um, and then, uh, and certain softwares and stuff that we use to manage, uh, each of these are going to be more specialized, um, versus if you're in like a fulfillment or operations, it's going to be a lot more stuff based on like the computer and certain like automations and spreadsheets and those types of things. Um, you know, warehouse layout and receiving process, 
um, production, you know, how do we make our products and stuff like that um, is going to be more focused uh, for those types of roles. Um, and then basically for everybody that starts, you know, we have, we'll have weekly check-ins with the leader or supervisor, um, that'll spread out a little bit more over time as you're here longer, but especially at the onset, you know, checking in on a very regular basis to see how the training is going, see how everything's working out. Um, and then periodic check-ins with the HR director as well, um, just to make sure of all that HR legally stuff. Um, and then we usually have somewhat of a milestone at like 30 and 90 days, um, for anybody new, you know, 30 days is like, okay oh, I didn't even realize that you weren't invited to that Slack channel or that you weren't whatever, you know, catching some of the stuff that we might've missed in the onboarding process. Um, and then talking about like additional training and support, how are they doing at that point? Um, Cause really what we want to do is have like a, a mostly, mostly fully like onboarded, ready to go, um, kind of fully up to speed in their role at 90 days. That's the goal. It might be a little more than that if it's a more, you know, complicated role and it requires like a ton of product knowledge, you know, might have a little longer lens to it. But really by 90 days, anybody new here should feel settled in, like they are more autonomous with their role um, and like they've gotten all the training and support they needed. Um, and 90 days is a really great place to check there. And then um, ongoing, you know, at that point you're, you know, you're still new, but you're not brand new. Um, we do a mid-year check-in that always happens in September. And then we do an annual review with a pay evaluation as well with some comp studies and stuff like that that happens in March. So, you know, pretty much wherever you happen to be in the cycle, you know, may kind of catch up if you're hired like in the middle of summer, you know, your 90 day might fall kind of at the mid-year. So then your next check-in, like really official, like eval style check-in will be at the annual one. And you just get it kind of picked up in the cycle with everybody else there. So... That's pretty much it. And it keeps getting better, which is really cool. We try, yeah. It's not like we have a... It's pretty involved, really. Yeah, it is. Multiple step interviews. We don't have a kind of set it and forget it mentality when it comes to onboarding. It's every time we onboard somebody, we learn how to do it better. And we implement that across the entire company, regardless of um, what department that they're in. Yeah. So... Yeah, it definitely changes, but it always changes for the better, in my opinion. I think. Yeah, that, we're trying. We should always be improving, right? Like yeah. You always want to try to, you know, onboard, hire, train better than the last time you did it. You know, you're building upon your past experiences and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's more or less our process. It's been very, it's been a, like a decade plus of hard knocks and learning the process and trying different things. And, um, yeah, I feel like we've gotten it done pretty good at this point i i think so like the last person we hired you had planned out like three weeks in advance like day to day it was yeah we got it down pretty oof, good at this point you know we got you know we use like immersive yeah we use uh you know we use software like ClickUp, you know to manage you know or you could use asana trello any of those types of like project management software so we use ClickUp, and we have templates in there for onboarding and various things because it's like even just getting the computer set up you know we're an online business so it's like if you don't have a computer day one when you come in, you kind of can't do anything. So, um, you know, making sure that we have the computer in, that all the, you know, software is updated, that we've set up things like all the firewall and the whatever, and that we have access and accounts set up for everything they're going to need to do, you know, on our website. And I will say there's also some fun stuff. Like in the first two weeks, you usually go out and have, you know, company lunches with several different teams. You have, oh, yeah, true. you have, go out to lunch with your immediate supervisor. You go out to lunch mm-hmm. with your team. You know, uh, there are a lot of, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of that. That's, you know. There's efforts that we make to, you know, provide, you know, obviously there's the skills 
aspect, but then there's also the camaraderie aspect. Yeah, the culture aspect. We do stuff like that intentionally as well. Definitely, yeah. A lot of mixing people on different teams just so, you know, you're going to be working closely with the people. You know, if you're hired into a marketing role, you're going to work closely with people who are doing marketing stuff. But, you know, you're often going to be collaborating. You know, it's like if you're, say you're a photographer, you're going to have a relationship with the people who are ordering the products and people who are receiving the products and, you know, um, those who are like putting them back on the shelf and QC and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it helps for everybody to get to kind of intermix and mingle and, you know, try to mix plenty of that in there too in the onboarding process. So there you go. Hopefully that's helpful. Yep. That's what we got. All right, Drew, now we have some rapid fire questions here. We do. Most of these are pretty simple. Some are like, you know, you know, worth answering, but not worth yeah. answering for a long time. So some of these I've been sitting on for a little while. I did want to answer them, but they didn't feel like full-fledged questions. Yeah. And then some of them are just straight up dumb, but I still wanted to answer them. So <laughs> we're just going to, we're going to just going to jump right into it. I think there are about seven mm-hmm. here, but um, yeah. we'll, we'll just go back and forth. Yeah, let's do um, it. I'm this excited. one, this one I saw, I'm like, well, bro, this is such a Brian question. So, I saw this and I was like, yeah, I want to look I know, this up. So, but I'm like, I'm not going to make this a full question. You'll, you'll okay. hear why in a second. All right. So Sandry says, how many Namiki emperors would it take to circle the equator one time? I'm like, well, Brian would love to you know I'm gonna, research you know I'm this. Gonna I'm glad you clarified the equator because the distance around the equator is different than the distance around the poles because the Earth is not perfectly round. All right. You know, because it spins mm-hmm. it's slightly, slightly more, you know, wider at the, at the equator. How about so that? I looked it up. I wasn't able to find like a to the, to the millimeter size of the circumference of the equator but uh the diameter of the equator is around 12,756 kilometers which is 7,917.5 miles so pretty long it's gonna be a lot of pens so hey future brian here i was looking back at this question in the pencast and i realized i totally did the wrong calculation i used diameter of the earth instead of circumference which is a pretty meaningful difference. So when I explain this whole question, I actually did the calculation for diameter, but what I meant to do was circumference. So keep that in mind, and then I'll share you the circumference stuff in a minute. Uh, the thing I thought about, though, you have the Namiki Emperor. This is, what, this is what cracked me up, because this is the most Brian thing you could possibly do. I just wanted to be accurate, because you have the flat top mm-hmm. Emperor, and then you have the round top ones. And... Honestly, it's a bit of an optical illusion. I thought the flat top ones were a lot longer. They are slightly longer by 0.9 millimeters. So, but so so you discovered that they're virtually identical. Yes. And yet, and yet you I still, still distinguish them because <laughs> when you multiply it out that many times, it makes a meaningful difference and I'll explain. Okay. So the flat top version we measured at 175 millimeters long. Now, granted, these pens are handmade, so they could fluctuate a little bit. So we just, we took the measurement that we had on our website. All right, so to correct myself here, the circumference of the Earth at the equator is 24,901 miles or 40,075 kilometers. So using that math for the same length of the pens, if you have the flat top emperor, it would be 229 million pens. And the round top would be 230, 183,802 pens. So a little bit more than what I said in the beginning. Does it really matter? I don't know, but I just thought I should probably be accurate in my math. Anyway, hope you enjoyed this question. 
Anyway, thank you for the mental exercise. That was a lot of fun. Ugh. I had fun putting that together. So if you got an extra $730 billion laying around, <laughs> you can buy a bunch of emperors and wrap around the earth. All right, you ready for a question, Drew? Oh, yes, Did I please. break your brain? Yes. All right, Brad the Bear says, can you do a Yovo tour? Hey, Brad, no. Okay, next question. <laughs> no, we, we've we've looked into it. And it's, they're, they're, they, Yovo does a lot with a lot of other companies. Like, it's not something that they're going to, open their doors to they, they might for for companies that like actively work with them and like help manufacture them yeah sure maybe probably but they're still not going to let them film in there i've never seen a i've never seen anything on a public tour no like anything that's shown publicly no and yeah I think so even if we close to the chest even yeah. if we could there would be no filming so we couldn't yeah. say or see anything close to the chest close to the vest close to the vest vest is on the chest Brian. is that the phrase Oh, that reminds me. I had a conversation with Rachel the other day. It was hilarious. Oh, boy. Did she misunderstand a no, saying? No. Oh. Um, so this is a total tangent, and I'm just injecting this in here. Maybe I should save it. Let me save. Don't forget it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make note of it. I'm okay. going to save it for the what's happening. Okay. Because it is like related to a family conversation we had. Um. Okay, made a note for myself. Okay, there. But yeah, no, Yovo Tour is not going to happen. And I mean, it, and if, if we does, could do it, I would do it in a yeah, heartbeat. Even if we could do it, we couldn't tell you about it. So we, We've never seen it for ourselves. We've heard it's amazing. Yeah. I would love to go see it. Yeah. And then I could just tell you how awesome it is and not tell you anything about it. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'll tell um, And our friend Hill <laughs> Ari is back with hey. another, you know, classic Hillary ridiculous question. She also asked, how Drew, how's Drew's tool pen Halloween com- costume coming along? Not going to add that because I'm not going to dignify that at all. Um, anyway, sort of just did though. Hillary asks, "Is a notebook a sandwich?" Well, uh, Merriam-Webster says that a sandwich is two or more slices of bread or a split roll having a filling in between. So I would say no. Technically, a notebook would not be a sandwich unless you insert it between two pieces of bread or into a roll, and then you would have a notebook sandwich. So what's in between the bread doesn't matter. According to Merriam-Webster, but I will say this sent me down a rabbit hole that I'll allude to as my fun fact for the day. We're going to get into a split roll is a hot dog. What is, what is the definition of a sandwich? Yeah, it is. So a hot dog is a sandwich, well, definitively. Well, Merriam-Webster. That's, split, what, that's what we'll discuss. Split roll is Merriam-Webster the defining body on what things are? It's a dictionary. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll debate that in the fun fact How can you the debate end. the dictionary? Oh, I'll tell you. Oh, boy. We'll get there. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Give me another one. All right. Um, Corgi Kaiju stickers when? Oh. From N3. <laughs> okay. Um, stay tuned for that, N3. Because, yes, I made Corgi Kaiju stickers. If you remember, there was a pen cast where we were asked what we would design if we could design any Namiki Emperor Makie thing, and I picked a Corgi Kaiju, some you know monstrous Corgi coming out of a volcano with you know beastly, it's pretty, it's pretty epic. beastly features. It was epic, so epic in fact that I commissioned an artist to actually make one, and the sticker we gave away at the DC Pen Show when we did our 100th episode live. So if you were not there, you did not get one, and I'm sorry about that. It's a very specific sticker that I didn't want to put for <laughs> sale on the website. That there's so many people are gonna be like, what the heck is that? And then are there really enough pencast people to buy that? I don't know, probably not, but. Stay tuned. I'm going to figure out a way to see if I can get that in your hands. Um, we've got some other stickers some ideas. in the works, too. Um, so 
I, I've got some plans for it, but uh, they're in process. So stay tuned and I will update you. But I will say that I'm going to do my best to find a way to make that available for sale. So there you go. Um, next up, uh, E.V. Williams says or asks, would we see a 0.7 or 0.9 Goulet stub? You would see one if we made one. Oh, we do not. Can we? We cannot. Uh, I'm not going to say no, never, because it's not like I will like would refuse to do it. Do we need to do that Yovo tour and then do it? There you go. <laughs> when we do our Yovo tour, we will get that commissioned. I mean, is there demand for that? I doubt it. To be honest, that's with a very you. specific. Nip so here's the thing. So and who else does that other than like Nemesign? Like many, like many things in this world, you can do whatever you want if you have enough money. So. Yes, if we threw enough money at Yovo or any other nib maker, we could get anything done. Do we have that money? Would it make sense? Would people buy it? Those are all the questions that, you know, you just... Those are all the questions that the answer is no Those are no the questions that to, kill, kill the joy yeah. to our hypothetical situation. Um, so basically, we, we can offer things that Yovo is already making because we are not selling nibs in the quantity that Yovo or any nib maker, honestly needs to produce things to have like a viable business model. They need to produce producing, I'm not joking, millions and millions of nibs. Billions and billions. Uh, they need to produce a crud load of nibs and we don't even approach a, like fart off of a gnat's butt. Of, Which is less than a crud amount. load. Farts yeah. on the gnat's butts here, crud load is like crud way, is way higher. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, we are such an insignificant quantity in terms of what they would need to do to do something kind of custom like this. Um, if they were to offer something standard, like to, you know, whatever company that wanted to buy them, they were already going to make them. Sure, we could buy them. And it might make sense for us to buy the minimum quantity that they would set out for us. But even then, it would be doubtful. And even then, it would like we couldn't do it in different finishes and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of thing like we could, we would have to do something custom. And it, I can guarantee you, we wouldn't have the the uh, demand for it, especially because like our nibs are just they're sold as spare nibs. They're not on pens. You know, we don't sell that many nibs in the grand scheme of things because um, it doesn't fit all pens. You know what I mean? It's kind of obscure. So I would love to be able to do it, but it's not realistic in the sh in the near term that it's gonna happen. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to it. Anyway, next question, Drew. Mika Battaglia asks, Drew, can you show us your three watch collection? With a question mark and an exclamation mark. I added an alarm for myself this morning. I was wondering. I was like, is this going to be a denim jacket situation no, here? No, no. Did you bring your watches? I did. All right. So I've said before, like... Not, I'm sitting here looking at your watches yeah. the whole time. It didn't actually so register in my I, brain. I, I have more than three, but I really just rotate through three. I have some. Okay, so like, you're I have, a liar then. I have a Kermit watch that has a dead battery. I have my G-Shock that I you wear. You were wearing that Kermit watch hard, though, before the battery died. Yeah, yeah. It's been like over, I would consider that it's been over a year. I mean, been, most of my watches, yeah. the batteries died, like yeah. at the start of COVID. Yeah, it's been inactive so they've been for going quite on a like long three, time. Three, four years of dead battery. Yeah. So, yeah. so right now, I have three that I run through. Um, so, right, what do you got? This one is my Citizen Eco Drive. It is a Star Ooh. Wars watch. It has half Rebel Alliance symbol, half Imperial symbol, with a uh, red and blue lightsaber as the minute and hour hand. It's nerdtastic. And then you've got like Darth Vader and Luke fighting here on the back. Um, so this is an interesting one because it's like uh, solar powered or light powered. 
Um, the Eco Drive. It's not powered by your the strength of the force I mean, that you carry. That too, obviously. <laughs> the force is my. Ally. Is that right? That's how light power, lightsabers um, are powered, right? It's uh, through your. Is there, or it's like a crystal or yeah, something. Kyber crystal, Brian. Yeah. A kyber. Oh gosh. Yeah. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't um, have cracked this door open. I don't. I can't swim in this pool. That's okay. So yeah, that's that's one. I uh, I wear this is kind of like my formal ish watch because it's got a metal band. My other ones don't have metal bands. Actually, this one started with a metal band. I took it off. This one is a Tissot mm. uh, PR one hundred. Um, this is like my nice watch. This is the one I did the most research on. I said I want one nice watch. You know, mm. from a nice brand. Um, this is an automatic. Um, it's got a, it's got a clear back. I like automatic. Uh, it's just a simple cool. black face. You know, chrome uh, case. Uh, what kind of band is that? Is it like a? This is a. Cloth? This is a canvas. Yeah, canvas? it's canvas. Uh, it's a Barton strap. They're they're cheap. They're only like they're like twenty three dollars. So, um, but yeah. I I uh, I had a gray one. It got it got destroyed. Replaced it with a black one. But it came with a silver um, metal uh, thing that hmm. I got rid of because I just I wanted this one to be more of an everyday thing. So yeah, Tissot PR one hundred. It's small, and for an automatic, it's actually really narrow. Thin, yeah. yeah, which yeah, I like a lot. It's cool. it's, I, have, I have small wrists, so it doesn't look super beefy. Mm. Um, what's, this, the, what's the face diameter on these watches? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. I think that the strap I bought for this one, I think, was like 22 millimeters or 21. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. I just remember, it's, Is that the it, width of the strap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, but anyway, uh, and then this one is on the beefier side, um, not an automatic. Beefy, yeah. This one is a uh, DeLorean DMC Alpha. So this is an actual DeLorean watch. Um, it's got the DMC logo there in the middle. It has a nice 80s vibe to it. It definitely looks uh, retro enough, but definitely has some modern vibe to it as well. Yeah. So uh, this one, they don't make any more like the DeLorean itself. It only <laughs> was in production for a couple of years and then they stopped. So they don't make it anymore, but it's got a nice, you know, De- cool, DeLorean etched in on the back. I'll take some pictures for you. But um, yeah, I rotate through these three. So um, this one is just a quartz battery powered. This one is an eco drive. So solar slash light. Um, it actually cool. hangs out just fine in the closet. So it doesn't need like huh. direct light. Um, and then um, automatic. So I've got three different types of, you know, charge. So at any given time, I'm not like dealing with three different battery changes or mm-hmm. three different winding scenarios or anything yeah. like that. So I like the variety. I like them all. They're all blackish gray. So they go with a number of different things. And mm-hmm. this one, I can swap out the bands if I'm feeling like, you know, putting an orange or a blue on it or something like that. Ooh. It's not super challenging there. So none of them are over $500. So I don't really spend a ton on there. Watch, watches can get so expensive. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm not that person. I, th- I think that uh, the Tissot, I got, it was on sale. I got it for, I think, 350 which was the max I was willing to spend. But I did a yeah. lot of research, and I talked to a lot of people who I trust, and they said it was a, it was a good buy. Maybe it was just 300 actually. Mm. Um, but I'm very happy with it. So, cool. yeah, those are my three. Rotate through those. Nice. And then, of course, the Casio, if I'm, like, kayaking or something. While you were answering the next question after I was just looking up Casio mm-hmm. watches on their site. $75 was the cheapest. 75 that I okay. could find. Men, men's watch that I could find gotcha. on their site. And that was just the thin plasticky basic yeah. basic AF okay. watch. Yeah. Yeah. They have some that are like six, seven thousand dollars though. Good luck. I don't know what makes them that expensive, but I'm There's, sure that some like, of those this are sixty four hundred dollars here. Those are so chunky too. I don't know what is happening. I, I I don't know that much about watches. I like some watches and it's just it's it's one of those things that like I started to fall down that rabbit hole a little bit and then I was like 
it just started to feel like work. You know what I mean? I'm sure some people feel that way about fountain. This is the one I too. have. Forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so list price is seventy five dollars. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the one they have listed here. Yeah. So you can probably buy it cheaper. Yeah. Off their site. Um, they had one on here though that I'll show. I'm diverting too much, but there was one on here that I saw that was like, oh, this is so drew. Oh, I've seen. Oh, I've I've seen them. They have a ton of them. They have. Some of them so are like many G shots. I know some of them are like super vapor wavy, like synthy. And, yeah, yeah, they definitely. I know are. I've been tempted, but like the the point is for it to be just a beat em up watch. And I've, if I spend more than fifty bucks, I'm like, no, no, I'm I'm now stepping out of why the G Shock is appealing. Yeah, yeah. I'll but, see like I'll see if I can find the other one, but it wasn't a crazy expensive one. Anyway, it doesn't right. matter. Doesn't matter. Last question is from John, and John asks, why do so many rollerball pens have caps on them, like a fountain pen? Yet the Retro 51s are uncapped. Good question. And this is where I was like, I didn't fully know the answer to this. And I always I just assumed it was, I just always assumed it wasn't to keep things from drying out. It was just to keep things from like accidentally writing on things. Sure. So yeah. you need to just keep the tip covered up. And if you have a retractable one, you don't need to keep the tip covered up. So I will preface my answer to this question by saying I'm not an expert on rollerballs but I know enough to be dangerous. So I researched it a little bit, a mm-hmm. mini, mini deep dive. Okay. Here. So um, I went onto Retro's website because um, I was thinking like, oh, the like ever since I've known Retro, they've had the Tornado. That's it. That's all. That, you know? yep. And they have some other like pencil or something like that. But it's the Tornado and the Tornado fountain pen. And I know that when we buy them from Retro, we are, there's a couple of different versions of the Rollerball. They have like a slimmer version, this regular size one, and then they have the Big Shot, which is a fatter version. Mm-hmm. But they all basically use the same refills. So the standard retro pen, like every, like a normal pen, will come with a ballpoint refill. So it's actually a ballpoint pen. Mm-hmm. We want nothing to do with ballpoints, so we buy them with rollerball refills. So every pen that we are in, we've worked with retro for a while now, so they know the deal. They know we want nothing to do with ballpoints. But we are buying all of our pens as rollerball versions, but it is a ballpoint. Because when you look at most other like higher end companies that are like selling fountain pens and stuff like that, they'll usually have a ballpoint, a rollerball and a fountain version of a given model. And usually the ballpoint, like use Lamy 2000 as an example, usually the ballpoint is gonna be either like a twist or a click or something like that. It's not gonna have a removable cap. The rollerball will usually have a removable cap. And then the fountain of course will have a removable cap as well. So usually the rollerball and the fountain are more closely like design oriented towards each other and the ballpoint is sort of its own thing. And same with pencil, right? Um, that's that's pretty common, at least with the brands that I'm more familiar with. Um, I'm sure there's exceptions to all that, but it is. So it, I was I was never really thought about it, but you know, with, this, with this question, I was I like- I just made an assumption. I was like, yeah, now that you mention it, that is maybe not the typical thing. But so for one, if that helps to know that it's basically a ballpoint pen, but we 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 only offer them as roller balls. So you can do that with most ballpoint pens. You can usually get a gel rollerball refill. There's a lot of proprietary cartridges and refills and stuff like that with different brands. So your mileage may vary on that. But I know when I started out making pens, most of the pen kits and stuff like that I was buying were ballpoint pens, but I would swap out the refills with gel roller balls. So isn't a G2 a rollerball? The G2 is a rollerball. And that's just, that's not capped. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be capped. Oh. So this is where it started to go down a deep dive a little bit. And I was like, ah, let me, I'm going to like get my ankles wet and then get out of the pool. I did not expect this. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> Neither did I. Okay. So I went on to Retro's site. So they were founded in 1990. They oh. were not founded in 1951. <gasps> like you would maybe think. There's a, there's a, the whole thing, reason is called Retro. I don't know why the 51, to be honest with you. I, I didn't, I probably should know that. But they were founded in 1990, but they have a whole Retro Americana kind of a vibe. So you, you would, it would be very natural to assume that maybe their founding year was 1951, but it wasn't. It was 1990. Um, so it's cool. If you go on their site, they have a whole vintage flair to everything. Um, so they actually have copies of their older catalogs, product catalogs from like 1990, you know, the early 90s. So I pulled up their product catalog from 1990 to see like what did their Whoa. pens look like then. And they had one picture on there that was, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll see if we can post it on here. Um, but they did not have the, the, you know, the roller balls like this. They didn't have the tornado back then. That came a little later. I think it was like the late 90s. Um, so they had your regular like twist ball point. They had a removable cap roller ball and the fountain. So I was like, oh, interesting. So at some point, you know, they kind of went that route, probably just to consolidate a little bit. Or maybe they just really liked this style of the pen, um, but uh, and just kind of went with it for both ballpoint and rollerball. So, uh, in doing a little more research, though, um, what I found is that uh, most rollerball pens have caps for the same reason that fountain pens do: is to keep the ink from drying out in the refill. Now, technically, the ball that's on the end of that refill is sort of sealing it a bit. But even still, like you, you notice even with a G2 or something like that, if you leave that thing sitting there long enough, you got to like kind of get it started or you might get some like barnacles that kind of come out of the rollerball tip, especially if like you leave it in your car or something like that. So it is, you know, still exposed to the environment by not having it capped. So when you have a nicer rollerball, especially, I think that's part of why they tend to cap them is because it keeps it from drying out and it just makes for an overall nicer writing experience. Whereas maybe with disposable pens like the G2s and stuff, it's not as much of an issue. Or um, what I read is that, that um, different manufacturers will actually formulate the rollerball ink a little differently um, if it's going to be something that, you know, they know is going to be in like the more click retractable, you know, kind of things. Like even with Pilot, if you look at some of their stuff, like they have the regular G2, just like the clear sort of refill. I'm not sure if they standardize and use that on everything, but you know, some brands will have like a cheaper refill and then they'll have like a really nice like metal cartridge refill. Um, I don't know for a fact that this is standard across all pen brands, but um, from what I read kind of anecdotally is that um, some, some manufacturers will have a slightly different formulation to the ink if it's intended for pens that do not cap so that it resists like the drying out a little bit more. Um, whereas it might be a little different if it's capped. So I don't know to what degree that is. I don't know if that's the case with retro or whatever, but um, they have their own proprietary refills. So maybe they've, yeah, I would imagine they've like tested and, you know, uh, suited their roller balls for, you know, being able to be in the open air essentially. I mean, it's still kind of protected, like when it's retracted into the, you know, into the pen, it's still not like openly exposed, but it's not totally sealed, Right. you know? So I don't know. So that's what I did. And then I thought of a couple of other brands that we're somewhat familiar with. We don't, again, we don't carry any of these, um, but ones that have non-cap rollerball pens. Um, one of them is Caran d'Ache. Remember their 849? It's like their classic hexagonal um, style. So they have that in the ballpoint, but they also have that in a rollerball. And it's just a click, you know, kind of click rollerball. Um, Lamy has the Lamy Tippo. 
Love the Dippo. Which is cool. That is a click retractable rollerball, as well as the Lamy Swift. That is also a click retractable rollerball. So it's not uncommon. It's not Wait, which one's of. the little tiny one? That's the... Uh, I thought that was the Dippo. Uh, yeah. I like the little stumpy nugget. What is that one called? The stumpy nugget. I know what you're talking about. You, you have one. It's white. I called it the Tippo, but I don't think that is the Tippo. Um, Lamy Tippo. I think the Lamy Tippo is... Yeah. Is that the thing with the clip that goes back beyond the... Yes. Back? Oh, no, I don't like that. Get yeah, that out of here. that's the Tippo. Oh, I want the little stumpy nugget. Oh, what is that one called? I'll have to look that up. Okay. No one knows what we're talking about at all. This is just between you and me. All right. We'll have to bring I'll, the stumpy nugget next out. time. Yeah. But anyway, so yes, it's not super weird. It's just how they do it. And Retro just does it that way because that's how they do it. And you can do it one way or the other. It doesn't really matter. That's the short version. Yeah. I could have just said <laughs> that and saved you all that. But I already did that research and I thought it sounded kind of no, interesting. That's very interesting. So, there you go. It's that's really mo to me. mostly a design choice. Um, there you go. So if you want to ask us some questions, especially if you are a audio listener, uh, you can email us at pencast at .com. Otherwise, you can just leave us a drop, drop us a comment. Also, if you're an audio listener and you are using an app where you can select chapters from this podcast, let me know um, at uh, pencast at gulaypens.com because I, when I publish the podcast, I make chapters in a separate area rather than just like putting them in the description but i went to spotify and spotify doesn't actually give me clickable chapters in it really so i don't know what app actually does that but i'm doing an extra effort thinking that there's an app out there that actually does have like navigatable chapters I mean, applied to it but if it's not doing that i'm gonna stop doing, doing it if it's not doing that on apple Podcasts and spotify i haven't tried apple yet okay i've only tried spotify so i don't know let me know if you, that benefits you and if it benefits even a couple of you i'll keep doing it but i don't know there you go Anyway, cool. Pen Spotlight. Let's do a spotlight on the Twisby Kai. Before we do the spotlight, though, Brian, yeah. I wanted to let everybody know that I went and spoke to Jessica on our customer care team. Uh -huh. And I said, Jessica, what ink do you think that our Pencast followers would like to try for free this week? And she said, Colorverse Mystic Mountain. Ooh. And I agree. That is a lovely, lovely ink. It has a nice softness to it with some shimmer. It's a really unique color, one of the more unique colors that Colorverse has. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to order at any point from the Goulet Pen Company between now, October 6th, and October 13th, if you add the coupon code MYSTIC in all caps and add a 2 mil sample of Colorverse Mystic Mountain to your shopping cart, it will be free for you. So nice. there you go. That is Jessica's recommendation to you. Hope you enjoy it. And, and if you don't, tell Jessica. I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now we can do a pen spotlight. Let's do it. All right, what, what is that, Brian? This is the Twisby Nameless Model Kai. It's uh, new. You can't get it, so don't get excited about it. What sort of trim is that? Is that rose gold? This is rose gold. Ah. So they've done rose gold before, which I'll show you in a second. Um, but yeah, it doesn't look like your normal Twisby, right? No, no one would think that was a Twisby. And you know, Fleckboy, this is yeah. your gravitate toward chunk. Chunk. You like your chunk. Oh, here's your chunk. Um, yeah, it's got the Twisby logo engraved in the top Nice, here. that is legit cool. engraved. Yeah, it is. It's like relief cut engraved. It's got the Twisby logo here at the center band, and that's it. Now you unscrew it, and look at that. Oh my. Ink window. Really crystal clear ink window. Like... I was kind of surprised. Why doesn't Twisby do this, this all the time? 
I mean, they normally don't need ink windows because their pens are demonstrators. But this looks so... But I think a lot of people might want something different from Twisby. Well... Well, they are. They do because question. these things sell out in like two seconds. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're more expensive, so it's like, I think it's. I think it's mixed. I think some people just they don't think of this style when they think of Twisby. I want to think of this style. Right. It looks like, lovely. It looks really good. This blue is sharp. The blue with the rose gold really oh, lights my fire. Right. Yeah. And it's a piston as well. Show me. Which of course Twisby knows. And it's this. You know, it's the same piston mechanism that you get on your normal Twisby pen. So if you got the, it gives you a Twisby wrench, gives you silicone grease, just like any other Twisby pen. So you can put the wrench in there. You can disassemble your piston. That's pretty cool. I love it. So you will not have the same troubles of having like inks, you know, maybe clinging on the inside of the barrel, trying to clean it out. Or if you have little droplets of water left over, it drives you crazy. You don't have to worry about that on this one. Well, I don't know. You might not, you might just know it's there and that can freak you out. Well, then you will just fill it with ink and then it won't matter. It's kind of like the tree anymore. falls in the woods, right? Right. Um, so there you go. Um, I don't really know what else to say. I mean, it's a pen. Uh, number, <laughs> um, let's see here. Does it post? So it can, yeah, let's see here. I'm posting it. Yeah, it posts. But it like kind of posts. It's like sitting on the ring yeah, a little bit. it's pretty far out like, too. I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily intended to post. It doesn't It doesn't post as positively as I would like. Like yeah, I can push it on there. It looks kind of unnatural. Yeah, and it sort of can pop off easily. So I'm going to go ahead and say it probably doesn't really, it's not really meant to be posted. But the body itself is long enough where you don't necessarily have to. That I thing mean, looks so good, Brian. I, have, I haven't really seen this in person yet. This right? Is, this is really nice. This, I mean, it's $130 for this pen. But even still, it looks like a pen that's much more expensive than that. I would, With a piston too? There, are, there like, are some $130 pens that I would choose after this right? for sure this is yeah, definitely I one i would consider if i'm looking in that price range yeah it's pretty solid so i think these are great um i don't know how many of these are going to make i don't know if it's going to be it's probably not going to be like an ongoing thing it's in a limited capacity um but i also thought this was an opportunity to do a flex because i have the other two versions of this pen Wait, that they've done what? previously <gasps> what's that over here so um let's work backwards in time so this is the draco so this is the Twisby Draco that came out in 2021. And if you missed that, sorry. You know what? My not brain, around anymore. My brain told me that this was also a flecked resin. It's not. No, bro. it's not. This Man, is, I haven't seen this one in a long time, though. It has been a while. Well, 2021 was, you know, there's a lot going on. This was just 2021? Yeah. Oh, my God. I would have thought it was like 2018 or something. Nope. So Dang. same same kind of thing. This has black trim. Oh, okay. Same piston and everything. But, you know, ink window, everything also looks... Really, really sharp. See, I think that rose gold would have looked better with that green. With the green? Green and gold, man. That would have looked good too, yeah. I love Yellow green Yellow gold, gold or rose gold would yeah, look good. Yeah, green and gold looks so good. Um, the first one they did was the Aurora. Oh, that came first? Yeah. Oh. So this was 2019. Oh, okay. So they're on like an every two year kind of a streak here. So gotcha. It seems. I don't know if that's going to be the way I'm going, but that's how they're doing it. This one's rose gold. So, Yep. That looks really nice. More similar. This one's like a more similar to the Kai, right? So you got the red and the blue. Looks really nice. Green one sticks out a little bit more, but also really nice. I wonder if maybe next year they'll do another non-flecked resin, if they're going to alternate between that. I don't know. They look really good. I mean, it when it comes out, you're like, oh, this is a one-off. And then it comes out again, you're like, oh, is this like a thing now? Right. And then a third one comes out, you're like, oh, is it a pattern now? So this is not... They don't have a model for this, as we were talking nope. about earlier. It's the Twisby Aurora Draco Kai. All right, so they've got a Precision, they've got a Classic, they've got an Eco, yep. a 580. So let's not go with numbers. Let's go with a word. What, what sort of word? So let's see. 
classic go uh, swipe. I mean, the swipe doesn't swipe. I don't know where they came out with that name. No. What does this pen do? This pen, it's it kind of like it's kind of like classic, meaning you know the Twisby Classic is a more distinguished something. So you're getting yeah. some classic vibes, but obviously we can't call it classic. How about the Twisby Retro? I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm just trying to confuse the Twisby it Turbo. You. The Twisby Retro Aurora. Why oh, not? Golly, Let's what look. in the world? You are just <laughs> an agent of chaos. Yeah. The Twisby. The Twisby, Twisby Swanky. Twisby Ultra. Twisby Mega Ultra. Ultra. Turbo. Ultron. Laser <laughs> beam. What robot. Is, no. Oh. I don't think so. You're going, you're going the wrong. You're going future. The you're Optimus. Going. Optimus. The Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> you're, getting, you're, you're infringing on some, some trademarking here. Okay, well, let's point, go sure. with Optitron then. I don't know. Okay, there you go. The Twisby Optitron. <laughs> How would they not go with that? Anyway, that's what we got. Cool pens. Don't get too excited. It won't be around long. But if, if you want to get one of these, if you want to get a Kai, get it as soon as you can from wherever you can because they won't be around long. Get that juicy B-roll. All right. Yeah, yeah. Twisby Kai. There you go. Now, oh, Kai. Now I've just justified writing off all three of these pens. There we go. I'm not showing them in a... I'm just That's kidding. right. I mean... Well, technically, you didn't need to justify one of those because it was Rachel's. So I don't know which one is... Rachel's that she's just letting me. I keep. think it's the Aurora. Probably. I don't know. Because I believe that one was a gift, if I remember correctly. Um, that could be. Could be. But uh, that is it for Penn Spotlight. It is. Um, is it what's happening time? It's time to let everybody know what is happening. All right, let's do it. All right, Drew, what's happening in your world, man? It was a busy weekend, Brian. Was it? Yeah. So weird. You normally don't ever do anything. I tell you, I try. <laughs> try as I might, thing, things find me. The curse of having an extroverted wife. Mm. But uh, no, wouldn't change a thing about her, obviously. But uh, no, this first thing had nothing to do with Shannon, actually. Um, uh, we have friends who, uh, we are friends with them, but our sons are even better friends, I think. So. Oh, yeah. I've got that. Yeah. Archer, yeah. Archer and Sal. So. Do you uh, at least know their first names? Oh, we love them. Yeah, they're great. Okay. Oh, no, we're, they're fantastic. I, defi- I definitely have some parents of my kids' friends that I were not even on a first name basis. Oh, no, no, no. It's well, just like, oh, yeah, that's, no, uh, you No, they're know, great. We get along tremendously <laughs> well with them. We're Joey's very parents. We're very fortunate that we get along great with them. We're probably cool. going to go to the pumpkin patch here soon together. Um, no, Ooh. they're fantastic. But, but sometimes, you know, in this case, they didn't even need a, like a date night excuse or anything. They just... Sal wanted to see Archer, so okay, that's um, cool. They're just doing that. So Sal came over for a sleepover. Um, Shannon was doing something that night. I think she had a birthday event to go to, so it was pretty much me um, for most of it. She and she, you know, came home obviously, but uh, he came over. You know, I ordered pizza, that whole standard thing. They nice. ran around and were not quiet. So it was a great. You, you know, want to just make some mac and cheese or something? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. They don't care. And Archer never eats anything whenever he's over at somebody's house or has a sleepover. So we mm. eat one piece of pizza, you know, standard practice for him. But uh, yeah, I bought him some ice cream and they just, you know, played video games, ran around like crazy. They, uh, uh, I had let Archer play around with a, you know, because um, I still have my Xbox 360. There's a game on there, a wrestling game called Ooh. WWE All-Stars, which I had back when it was new because... Okay. It wasn't like a realistic wrestling game. It was a very arcadey wrestling game. Oh, yeah. And all the dudes were like extraordinarily beefed up like and ridiculous jacked, looking. Yeah. Like to a cart. They look cartoony. Yeah. 
Um, and it had like charge up punches. We could like slam somebody across the ring. Macho Man like to get on to do his elbow drop from the turnbuckle just flips up there, lands on it, and then jumps up, does like a spin. And then when he lands, it's just this massive shock wave. It's very. Nice. Do you remember NFL Blitz? Sure. It was sure. like that, like yeah. really over exaggerated. Yeah. But it's easy to play. Yeah. And I asked him like, Hey Archer, do you want to create a create a wrestler? This is like a couple of weeks ago, and he just got a kick out of making a ridiculous thing. Oh, of course. So I suggested that while he and Sal were over. So they spent so much time, almost the entire time, <laughs> making just ridiculously insane, that's silly. A, that's such a great sleepover. I know. Do, well, I, I got know? so many flashback memories because that's what I used to do. Oh yeah. And of course, they're like, I, I walk in there. I'm like, Oh, what'd you guys do? I see one character named. Uh, I think Poop Man. Yeah. And then one character named Potato. I'm like, all right, well, (laughs) there you go. I'm like, this is bringing back memories. Like, that's what you do. For sure. One of them had a chicken head. The other one was just purple and, you know, basically naked. And just, they were just having the greatest time. So uh, just laughing their heads off, fighting each other and (laughs) making fun of each other. So that was great. That that gave me, uh, you know, a good good laugh. And then uh, Classic Archer as well. They tried to sleep in his playroom under his little jungle gym fort thing. He was like, nope, ended up leaving, going into his bed in the middle of the night, um, which he did last time as well. Yep. Uh, great moments. Like, you know, there's a hammock, you know, hanging in his little fort jungle gym thing. Mm-hmm. And when uh, Sal's mom came to pick him up, you know, Shannon and her started talking too long. And, of course, that made them go do something else. And we oh, go up yeah. to get him. and. One of them has got the other one in the hammock, spinning it around and around, and just calling it a, a bean hammock because it's green. They're like, oh, look, I'm a bean. And he's just like, just locked like a, in there, like trapped. Yeah. So just <laughs> classic sleepover moments like that. A wow. lot, of, lot of fun, a lot a of laughs. bean hammock. Yep. They're just cracking up constantly. They behave themselves, though. It was nice. Made, made waffles in the morning for them. Nice. Um, and then the next day, uh, I get up, go out, bring the family back some muffins, and then uh, we met some other friends uh, with their kids at a park so that Archer and their kids could play. Of course, all the kids just went and did their own thing and just kind of didn't play with each other at all. But, you know, we sat and caught up with our friends as well. And then after letting them run around at the park, we went out for lunch. Um, That was nice. And then we uh, had a little bit of an impromptu visit to Barnes & Noble to pick up some books because we got an email from Archer's teacher saying that he didn't meet his reading goals. So we're like, all right, we need to get this kid excited about because she wants him to read two chapter books mm-hmm. um, every uh, every month, I think. Um, okay. One at school and then one out of school. So pretty solid reading you know, schedule there. So we just took him and we're like, Pick out some books. You know, what do you what are you interested? Mm-hmm. What do you get excited about? So we picked out some good books. He got a Percy Jackson book, um, okay. uh, which I know is popular, and then some other book called uh, The Lion of Mars. And he said it was popular at last year's book fair. So great, fantastic. He's been reading. It's been good. Emailed nice. the teacher, said we got him some books, and she was like, you know, all you parents like that are really nice to have, and so that was good. It made us feel. Like we're doing something to help. Right. Um, I also bought a new book. Uh, so did Shannon. Shannon, you know, we fit very much into our stereotypes. Shannon bought some colonial woman book about, you know, she loves reading about colonial women who were kind of cooler than their more famous male counterparts. That's She's awesome. all, about, all about that. Um, this one, I think, was about Ben Franklin's sister. Um, hmm. But And then I picked up a Stephen King book, the uh, one about 
it's like a historical fiction book about the JFK assassination where someone goes back in time to stop it. Um, Interesting. So it's a massive book, but yeah, so we got some books. Cool. Um, and then of course, after all that Sunday morning comes, uh, I just, this was just on Saturday. Yeah. Saturday wow. and Friday night. Yeah. So then Sunday morning comes, I'm like, you know what? Archer's playing the wrestling game again. I'm like, hey, buddy, can I can I have a turn? Like, I'd, I'd really like to play some Metal Gear. I haven't been able to play this weekend. He's like, okay, cool. So he goes and does something else. I sit down, got a cup of coffee, get my game. Finally, I'm like, all right. And then I hear Shane letting the dogs out. Goes, bark, 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 bark. And she comes in. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my, what? And she says, it's so nice outside. <laughs> So like shocked at the weather. Yeah, she was. Wow. Absolutely shocked. We need to go to the beach. Oh. So I was like, okay. Put well, my game down. Like, There's my day. <laughs> there it is. Because we don't live like 10 minutes from a beach. No, but, like... but but we if you in, in central Virginia, you can get to the beach or the mountains in about an hour and a half, yeah. you know, pretty yeah. easily. So um that's what we did. We got in the car. We were headed to Yorktown. Um, we were, there's a little tiny beach on the York River. Mm-hmm. Not like a big beach, but just something with some water. Yeah. And there's some, you know, boutique stores and, you know, overpriced restaurants. But then halfway there, she said, well, actually, we could go to this place called Buckrow Beach, which is about 10 miles farther, but it's like a legit beach on mm-hmm. the bay. Okay. So I was like, all right, sure, whatever you want, honey. So we did that. And this okay. is like, we had, I, I know that my grandparents used to go to Buckrow Beach like in the 50s. And I think it was a pretty hmm. happening spot. But we drove there and we we're like, this does not look like a beach community. You know, it's just kind of hmm. some abandoned strip malls and a Dollar General. And then, uh, but then all of a sudden we're at a very beautiful beach. So we're like, huh. oh, okay, nice. So we spent a couple hours, maybe two hours there. Um, Archer had a great time. She had a great time. I was sitting there with my Converse and my jeans and <laughs> taking pictures and guarding the purse. Uh, yep. But Well, to be fair, you didn't. You didn't know you were. I like didn't know. Right. Going to a. I thought we were going beach. to that little dinky beach, but we ended up going to a legit beach. But you know, I cuffed up the jeans. I got you know, I got in there as much you as exposed I exposed your skin. I exposed your skin yes. to some sunlight. Yeah, I blinded some people with my shins. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that was that day, and then um, I uh, came home and worked a little bit on Archer's uh, Halloween costume. Um, nice. Some of our stuff came in. You know, we we're going to go to a party where we need to dress as like a before and after character kind of like wheel of fortune you know you'd like if hmm. someone was like a uh like a um general george s Patton oswalt like gotcha. you, you do like a before and after like okay so i need to be Patton oswalt but with like a military hat or something like okay. that so i gotcha shannon's gonna be queen elizabeth lemon um oh, 30 rock she got a 30 rock amazing. hoodie that says liz on it that's awesome and but she's got a gray wig and a crown and i'm going to be uh is a character from um is Walton Goggins' character from Righteous Gemstones. Okay. He is called Baby Billy, but a lot of mostly they refer to him as Uncle Baby Billy because he's okay. older. He's big, gray, poofy hair, you know, glasses. I'm going to be Uncle Baby Billy Idol. So I'm going to have a spiked leather jacket, wow. you know, chains, combat boots, but then with the gray wig and the big glasses. So, nice. uh, yeah, I'm not super excited about it, but yeah, we're making it work. So all that cr- came in. So my cheap Amazon leather jacket or pleather jacket showed up. Yeah. And, now I just need to fill it with spikes. Wow. So. Okay. Yeah. Working on that. And then uh, looking forward to my 40th birthday, believe it or not. It's not happening until March, but we booked a cabin in the mountains already for, for that weekend. Look at so, you. Which Shannon never wants to do. But for my birthday, for wow. the big 4-0, we're going to 
go into the mountains. So I'm super excited. That's pretty about cool. That. Yeah, she was like, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it now because we know that if we get there, we're gonna be like, ah, we don't have the money. We just got back from Disney. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We we can go out to Waffle House if you yeah, want. Yeah, because you mentioned yeah. like you were doing Disney's right I before. Know. I, so I wasn't was expecting be... anything, but she surprised me and really wanted. Well, to let's do be this, real. Like so. of the three people in your family, you're not the one who's like gonna enjoy Disney the most. Right. Uh, you enjoy it though, right? I love Disney. Okay. Oh yeah. I, I think Archer will probably enjoy it the least. Really? Yeah. And no, I freaking love Disney. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Yeah. You Archer's. Good point. You can't ever tell with him. He has like sensory overload. You're mm. like, are you having a good time? Like, oh yeah, this is amazing. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Because you're not smiling in all your pictures. Yeah. Me, I'm like, <laughs> you can't stop me. Like Christmas morning though, oh, he's yeah. like, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Just deadpan like yeah. that. He's getting better though as he gets older. <laughs> that's awesome. But, you and Shannon are so expressive. Yeah, that's really funny. He's, just, he's, he's pretty expressive too. He, he's getting better. I think sometimes yeah. he get, just gets overwhelmed. He's got to grow into it. Yeah. you know. But yeah. that's it for me. Cool. Um, I'll probably get to play video games next weekend. <laughs> well, you're taking one for the family yeah. here. Yeah. Good. Good on you. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like we have two Nintendo Switches because my family plays it all the time. I don't think I've I have not played a Nintendo Switch game. On my own, like I played as like Mario Party or Mario Kart or something. I haven't touched a Nintendo Switch on my own, I think, in three and a half years. Yeah, I barely like, get on that thing. But usually the <laughs> usually the big TV where the PlayStation is is my thing. But since Archer's been on the Xbox with the wrestling game, <laughs> I've been like... That's so funny. I know, it's hilarious. But, you know, he did the whole thing where he started making ridiculous characters, but then he got a little bit serious. He's like, all right this guy is an ice guy and this guy's a fire guy and they're a team. I'm like, okay, that, that's, right. that's the natural progression where yeah, you start yeah. goofy and then you get a little, yeah. you know, a little role play going on there. Yeah, good on him. It's funny. Cool. Um, yeah, so me, Penwise, I picked up a Twisby Kai and the Lamy Dialogue CC all mm-hmm. black. So that was cool. I'm enjoying those. Um, I got to enjoy this nice weather that we had this past weekend. It was alarmingly pleasant. It was very pleasant. Um, so... You know, I have some like home projects and stuff that I'm kind of in the middle of, but um, my mother reached out to me because they, at their place, they had a bunch of plants that were like there from before they bought the place that were, you know, just kind of a lot. They were starting to get really big. It's like outside of the mulch. Something. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, it was planted really close to their house and, you know, bugs were around there and they were having to trim them and all that kind of stuff. And they, they really wanted to, pl- they, they moved there so that they could scale down and not have to maintain all that. Oh yeah. Um, so they just kind of wanted to. They just kind of wanted to scale it back a little bit. And, you know, my parents, they've got this dynamic when it comes to whether it's like moving or, you know, clearing things out in any fashion. My mom, you know, she is one of nine kids and was raised very frugally in like immigrant parents post-World War II. So they never like throw anything or get away or get rid of anything. Everything gets reused. Um, and my dad grew up in that same era too, but he's, he's much more of like a, when he kind of makes up his mind, he wants to start over on something. He's more of like a, let's just clear the slate and start fresh, you know? So you mix those two together and you know, my mom is like, you can tell she's like, we need to clear out some of these plants. So she kind of asked me, she's like, you know, if I wanted to come over, cause like, you know, plants are, so did you, you need know. to be kind of a buffer? No, I mean, it was fine. Like it wasn't, a, it, was a, it wasn't a contentious thing. It was more just like, a, you know, initially it was kind of like, a, hey, you know, it's like fall season. Like, you know, if you want to, if you want to take any of these plants, you know, she wanted to offer them to me. Right. Oh, okay. So she was like, if you want to, you know, she's like, we'd like to remove some of these plants. So if you want any of them, 
you can take them. And I'm like, sure, you know, um, I think most, most. I'm sure she appreciated you taking some. Oh, well, there's more to the story. So, you know, initially I was thinking, you know, because she mentioned a couple of the plants and I've obviously been in their place and stuff like that. And so I'm thinking like six, eight plants, oh, something wow, like that's that. That's a lot. You know, yeah, yeah. And they're pretty good size. So I was like, all right, this is going to be like a meaningful enough day. And it's like, it's got, you know, there's kind of like a time element to it, right? Because it's like the weather has to be good. If I wait too late, then, you know, the chance of them dying during transplanting is higher and will they, you know, you know, take root properly and stuff like that. So it was like, it just kind of worked out where it was like, this is like the ideal weekend to do this. So, um, you know, it was cool. Rachel and Ellie were like getting a haircut or doing something like having a kind of a girl's day. Um, and so, you know, it was just me and Joseph. And I was like, hey, Joseph, you want to like come and help me with this? It helps me out, helps your parents. You know, he's not an outside kid and he hates bugs, hates dirt, all that stuff. But, you know, he also wants a steam deck. So I was like, this is some pretty legit work. Like, I'll pay you to help me out with this, you know? Um, you know, because that's what we do. I don't, we don't have an and allowance. you get to play with a pickaxe. Yeah, we don't have an allowance for our kids. We have, like, jobs for them to do around the house. So, like, there's a little bit of a, you know, in some ways it feels kind of weird because I'm, like, feels like I'm kind of bribing them all the time to do a bunch of stuff. But I'm also, like, yeah, but it also teaches them, like, I got to get off my butt and do something if I want to buy that thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's pros and cons to it. But anyway. Just helping them keep it on their mind. Yeah, but I will say it's it's getting more motivating as he's, like, working towards that Steam Deck. He's, like... Oh, if I go today and we work and da 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 da, and so I was like, all right, for this job, I don't know what we're stepping into. Let's just do a flat hourly rate. I won't pay like per the job because I don't really know what we're stepping into. So he's cool with that. And so all right, he comes with me. I'm like, cool. So we go over there, and as it turns out, they kind of wanted to like scorch earth the whole thing. Oh, so, so your dad got his way. <laughs> well, as they st- yeah, as they kind of got into it and all that, it was like, oh, okay, this is like that's kind of more what they sort of needed to do. Mm. Um, and my dad is just, he's much more of like a, you know, he's kind of like me, you know, like when he makes up his mind, kind of dives into something. He's like, yeah, let's just, let's just do it. You're kind of both ways because you also don't like getting rid of stuff. I balance it. Yeah. I kind of have the worst of both. <laughs> like I want to, I want to jump into projects, but then I never want to get rid of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I have 40 hammers. Um, <laughs> it's all making sense now. Right. Um, <laughs> Those hammers. <laughs> yep. So, we get there and Joseph and I go and we start digging and like we've had a lot of rain recently. So like stuff's pretty easy to dig up, but even still like some of these, some of these bushes are getting pretty big and like the root ball trying to keep like enough of a root ball to transplant them. They're weighing like a hundred pounds or so for these root balls. And I'm like getting pretty tired after a couple hours there. And I was Did like, you bring like, you know, cloth or something to bind them up with. Yeah. Or? We brought like trash bags yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. So like we, we, we had some of the right gear and I, you know, I have a pickup truck, but I didn't bring that because I didn't want to have to like lift everything up into the truck. So I have a, like a 10 foot utility trailer that I can lower the gate down and I can just like sort of lift and kind of scramble it all on there. Well, we filled up the trailer and there were still a lot more plants to go. Did you, you know, bag them all up or did you just bag up the ones you wanted to keep and then rip I the other ones out? Bag, well, I mean, all the plants were worth having and I have room. Like I could just throw them in the woods and let them die. And it's like, I could also just dig a hole in the ground and, watch them be different than pine trees, which is everything else that I have. One is significantly easier than the other though. Well, 90% of the work was digging them up and moving them, right? It's not that much more work to dig a hole and throw it in the hole, right? I don't know. Depends on your equipment, I guess. It would be for me. Well, okay. So we'll get into that. Well, as you know, I have a tractor. So that was a COVID purchase of mine. Um, And I have a tractor and it's got a backhoe on the back of it. So when it comes to digging stuff up, I'm like, yeah, but... To bring a tractor over there, it's like it's a lot of work to haul it in the trailer and all the whole thing. 
so after spending a couple hours there trying to dig all this stuff up, I was like, I'm pretty exhausted already. And not only do I have to dig all this stuff up, but then I have to go and bring it home and then transplant it again. I was like, let me go back. And so it was like lunchtime. In enough like, time to keep them alive. Yes. So I was like a little under the gun. Oof. And so I was like, okay, it's a little bit of scope creep, but you know, my parents were like in the mode. They were just, you know, they they were they were in the zone, willing to do it. They were helping as well. And I was like, all right, we got momentum here. Let's just knock this sucker out. So, you know, I come back and it's all a good learning experience for Joseph too. We're getting a bond and spend time together and all that kind of yeah. stuff. It was good. <clears throat> so we go back, get the tractor, bring it back. And then of course it takes like five minutes to pull things up with the tractor because it's way stronger than a human. So we get all the plants up. I didn't really count how many plants there were, but it was another full truckload, you know, of plants after the initial trailer load as well. So it was like, it was, it was quite a few plants. So we do all that and we get back home around four o'clock. So we, we got there around 10. And you were still planning on planting those that same day? Well, that's, that was the thing. Oh, is no. I was sitting there like, okay, uh, I now have a, dinner time. a full truck and trailer load of plants. Oh, God. How many were there? Well, 28 in 20, total. You are not planting 28. I did. You did not. So at that point, it was four o'clock. Um, my parents were so grateful for that. They were like, let, they were like, let us buy you dinner. We'll bring dinner over. Cause I was like, I gotta go transplant these. I gotta get these things in the ground. Oh my God. Or else I might as well just throw them in the woods. So I was like, all right. And at this point, Joseph was like so torn because you could tell he wanted to help, but he was so tired because yeah. he, he hung with me for about six and a half hours. And this is the most physical work that he's done in a while. So I was like, look, I was like, dude, you, you've done great. You go in and relax and stuff like that. Hang with your mom. I was like, but I got to get these things in the ground. So I just went nuts and I did it. And I worked 28. Until, yeah, I worked until about 10 at night. Oh, my God. So I had lights out and everything. I was out there digging up stuff in the dark. I felt like a like a bit of a lunatic. Yes. And it was well, you would have been more of a lunatic if you buried them under the ground, like your logs. <laughs> I have done that in the dark. <laughs> Uh, but I did it. I got all 28 of the plants planted and, uh, yeah. So now there's, tons, uh, there's like azaleas, there's butterfly bushes. Like, I mean, to be fair, these are like, a lot of these are fairly mature plants. I don't, I'm no like plant expert, but it's gotta be 1500 to $2,000 worth of plants if I were to go out and buy these things. So it's like for the amount of work for that day, you know, I'm getting all these plants for free. So it's like, you know, I'm helping my parents out, getting to enjoy the beautiful weather outside into the evening. I really hope they live. And then trying to set up. Some of them, by the time I pulled them up, I was like, because some of the, they were a lot of more planted too close to each other. So some of them I couldn't really get like a solid root ball. Yeah. So there's a couple of them where I'm like, yeah, these aren't, these might not make it. Yeah. So, but we'll see. But I, there are some that I'm like, oh yeah, these will be fine. Um, so we'll see if even half of them make it into yeah. next year, it'll So did you be put well them on the, along the side of the house or on wood's edge? So I put some along like our side of our house, like our sunroom area. Um, I put some along the edge of our woods and then I have like, we have like a natural area with like a swing set and stuff like that. And I put a lot of it in that area. Um, but yeah, I planted a whole ton of stuff back there. So now we have a little sunroom and we can look out the back and we can see stuff flowering and all that kind of stuff. So that's amazing. I think it'll pay off, but I definitely did not know that's what I was signing up for at the start of Saturday. So that was all Saturday and keep in mind it's, it's fall. So 
thinking about like yard maintenance, I know when fall rolls around, I want to like aerate the yard, throw down some grass seed, you know, have some stuff kind of take root before the winter because otherwise I'll just have solid patches of dirt the following year. So like, I know at this point there's a rhythm that I need to have for some yard maintenance. So this is on my mind too, where I'm like, oh, I got all these plants. And now I have also some like- Rhythm and yard sensitive. maintenance is so foreign to me. I like. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I'm not, I don't obsess over it, but I have a pretty sizable yard. So it's like, if, if I do some basic things, then the yard looks great. If yeah. I don't do the basic things, then I end up with a dust bowl. So it's like, it, it behooves me to spend a little bit of time and energy. But that is admirable. Yeah, thank you. It's always oh, lived there over a decade. So I know at this point after neglecting it for the first like five years, then it's yeah. like, oh, this is pretty bad. So a little bit goes a long way. Wow. Um, so I was pretty tired after yeah. 12 straight hours of work. Was it Saturday? Like Saturday. Okay. Literally Tell me the, you rested on Sunday. The only time, no, I didn't. Oh, I have no children. I know, you know I me? know. What am I thinking? Like the only time that I sat down on Saturday after we started was while I was in the truck driving and then for like 15 minutes while I ate dinner. Other than that, I was shoveling and moving and hauling. And so I was pretty tired at the end of Saturday. Not tired enough to chill. No, well, I, I slept. <laughs> And then I woke up and then I did all the other yard stuff and some other home projects on Sunday. So wow. I, I have a lot, something called a lawn roller because we have a lot of like voles and other mm. things that just dig up all these trenches and stuff like that. So while the ground is soft and it's falling, all that kind of stuff, what I, I have this lawn roller. It's like a big, it's like a big rolling pin basically that you pull behind. It's like an area? lawnmower. No, it's literally like a rolling pin. Oh, it just flattens. It flattens. Oh. So it helps because otherwise I'm on a riding lawnmower and yeah. I'm like bouncing around like a bucking bronco if I don't smooth the lawn at all. Yeah. So I do that a couple times a year. I guess you could also, <coughs> I guess if you have soft spots, you could end up getting stuck too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. That makes sense. So okay, the lawn, that, the lawn just, a... it helps to just smooth things out yeah. a little bit. Okay. So when the we've had a ton of rain recently. So it's like, oh, this is the perfect time to do this because otherwise the ground's hard and it doesn't do anything. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I got to that actually I roll the lawn. And then that seems you know, silly at first, but it makes sense. It does seem silly, but yeah. I'm like, yeah, it does. But it I, gotta, I have to roll it first, then aerate it because I'm packing everything down when I roll it. Yeah. So then you aerate it to sort of get freshened up a little bit and then you seed it to help the grass seed kind of get in there. So I did all of that on Sunday in addition to some other home projects and stuff like that. So yeah, I, uh, I was pretty tired. Um, and then actually Sunday, so Sunday uh, also we, we, you know, I had like some family time too in the morning before I got into all that stuff. Um, and I just have to laugh because, you know, Rachel went to Trader Joe's, which has like, pumpkin everything explosion oh yeah so everything pumpkin so she got some gluten-free pumpkin pancake mix right because she's she's not gluten intolerant but she's more gluten sensitive yeah. so she's, she has to take it easy um so we did some gluten-free pancakes and it's really funny because i remember before when we made the pancakes they were like really kind of thin and kind of like floppy and stuff like that and so I mixed them again and I was like, yeah, these things seem really thin. And I made the whole box, which was like four cups of batter. And it was like, this is so much pancakes. Cause I usually do that with like the crusties or whatever. Um, but I think the quantity was, is more in, the, in the, the, the Trader Joe's. So I was like, oh, we'll just make the whole box. I made a crap ton. I started buying pancakes. I started buying pancake mix from Costco. Yeah. Oh boy. So that, there you go. But I was like, these are gluten-free too, so I don't know, maybe this is normal. And I remember, because it was like, it ended up being the exact same as they were the last time we made them. 
um, where they were super, super thin. And I was like, I guess this is just how they do it or whatever. Um, and so we called them pan crepes mm-hmm. because they, <laughs> they kind of end up more crepe-like. Yeah. Well, come to find out, and we make the whole thing. And I'm, I have like one of those electric griddles. And I'm not joking. It was probably like 10 griddles worth of these super, because it was so thin too. So the stuff would just spread out. So I was making pan crepes for like a friggin' half an hour. Oh my God. You know, come to find out, I messed up the directions. Twice? Twice. <laughs> and as Rachel was telling me, I realized, I was like, oh yeah, I did that last time. And then we realized it after the fact. And then I forgot, because we haven't made this pancake mix probably, I think since maybe last year. So you did the exact same thing I you did, did last year? the exact same thing. What'd Remember that they were watery. So this is, I just got the math wrong oh, because okay, I was like- making the whole box. So the recipe called for mixing in a half a cup of water per cup of mix plus two tablespoons. Uh, so it's like a half a cup plus two tablespoons. And I was like more focused on calculating the tablespoon worth. And so in my mind, I just got some numbers mixed up. Too much and water. I ended up doing four cups of water and it should have been two. So, so you I got did, pancake puddles. So I did four and a half cups of water instead of two and a half cups of water. Totally my mistake. That'll do it. And I ended up making pan crepes. Pan crepes. Yep. Very nice. Pumpkin pancake crepes with chocolate chips in them. So it was tasty, just very thin and floppy. And yeah, it was a crud load of them. And nice. uh, yeah, this is really kind of funny and ironic to realize like, oh yeah, it's actually nothing wrong with the mix at all. I just uh, can't do math multiple times and then forgot. It's like, this is, I have, yep. I have absolutely done that before. Yeah. Multiple times. And I'm normally like the pancake guy. Like I make really good pancakes for whatever reason, with these Trader Joe pancakes, I can't get my act together. Anyway, so that was uh, that was an exciting experience. Um, also, I won't go on about this, but Joseph is kind of like Rachel. He likes to be right and correct things that are wrong. And he's also like very much into like nerd stuff, um, which as you know, people who are into nerd stuff love to correct incorrect things, especially about their nerd stuff, right? So he, he will do that a lot. Took me many years to not be that nerd. Sure, sure. It's natural. Like I'm often that way with other things too. So, um, but uh, I was told about a, a show that they have some on YouTube, but it's also in like a, it's own like streaming service called Dropout or something like that. Um, the show is called Um Actually. Oh. So it is like a Jeopardy style, like buzz in type show, but it's all about Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings and all of like the nerd culture stuff. So they'll have like a paragraph or like a string of facts, but they'll say one thing wrong and you have to correct them about the thing that's wrong. Oh, that's awesome. So I've been watching some of that and showed some of it to Joseph. It's They use some curse words in there here and there. So it's not for like little kids, but I just thought it was really fun. I thought you might appreciate it. That too. is amazing. So yeah, that makes me really it's curious. It's done pretty well. Um, so yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Have and you then, seen those those scenes with like Stephen Colbert like trying to get stumped on Lord of the Rings facts? No. I oh, it's so because he's such a huge Lord of the Rings nerd. Oh, I didn't. know They'll that. actually have people from the cast like come on, and be like, "All right," or like you know, uh, uh, James Marsden did it one time. Um, not James Marsden. Uh, why not? Why do I think that? No. Um, James Franco came on. He's like, "So I I reread the Cimmerillion recently, Steve, and." Uh, I have a question for you. And he's acting all like cocky. He's like, name just two, just two of these things. And Colbert's like, oh, okay. Would you like this one, the, the blah, 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 or this one, maybe this one. And he just goes off and like, you, just, you cannot stump that man. Like wow. he is just, 
He is an encyclopedia. It's crazy. Wow. Respect. Like there have been cast members from Lord of the Rings that come on and be like, "All right, here's the thing." They'll always try to stump them. You know, they they've done yeah. it like once, but yeah. yeah, he's a huge, huge Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's really funny guy. And then last thing, this is the thing that came up earlier that I said I would bring back up that I made the note on. So as the seasons are changing, you know, my daughter Ellie, she claims to never be cold. She never she wants to wear shorts like all winter, even when it's like so obvious, like she never wants to wear a jacket. Like when she was like second, third grade, we would like make her bring a jacket to school and she would bring it. And then like as she was getting out of the car, she would like throw the jacket in the car, close the door and go into the school. You've told me about that before, like on a regular basis. And you're just like, well, technically she brought her jacket, didn't she? Um, Anyway, we don't really fight it anymore, but um, she takes pride in never being cold Um, when Joseph loves pants he's like you he's like he would love to wear pants loves his cargo sweatpants that is his jam and i'm like all right dude that's your that's your thing but he actually uses those pockets he has like pencil sharpener and a pencil and he has like specific things that he keeps in his cargo pockets that's amazing i'm like yep he's a little bit like me um so you know brought up the conversation about as the weather is changing my kids think it's the craziest thing that as it starts to get a little cooler into fall that I will wear shorts with a hoodie. And I was like, why is that so crazy? They just think it's the weirdest thing. And I'm like, well, like for me, it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you're, when you're trying to stay warm, your core. you keep your core warm, you know, right? Like, so it actually makes more sense rather than wearing pants and a short sleeve shirt to wear more coverage on your torso and all that. And that's so, why puffy vests exist. Well, and that's what I said, because we were talking about the hoodie thing. And it's like, well, actually, it's like your it's like your heart and your brain. Basically, it's like your head and your chest that you want to keep. And and so Rachel and I were joking. So we we're like, so really, the ideal clothing would be like a hooded puffy vest. And I was like, is that a thing? I don't know if that's a thing. I don't see people wearing that often. But like even just a regular vest, like a hooded vest. Is that a thing? Because really, if you wanted to stay warm, that would be the most effective bare minimum piece of clothing to do it. Yeah. So we had this whole conversation about hooded vests. It, it honestly sounds like <laughs> wrestling attire. A little bit, right? Like, I'm thinking like a hoodie that you like cut off the sleeves, you know, like that kind of a thing. I'm sure it exists out there. So I'm curious, y'all, if uh, is, is hooded vests like a thing? I don't know. I didn't research it any further, but it's been a point of conversation in the Goulet family recently. So that was the thing that I thought about a little bit ago. Yeah, Brian, you want to talk to AJ Styles, AJ professional Styles. wrestler. Yeah. Yep. That's he rocking. That is a thing. Um, is the hooded vest is a... I believe... I'm trying to find a picture with uh, the hood, but um, you can see it there. Like, it's definitely there. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I believe that... I don't know if... All of his have. Well, so he's like wearing no shirt with a vest he's, he, and a hood. That that to me doesn't he cares, feel like. He cares about, look at that. There you go. He cares about the. So uh, he's like open vest, no <laughs> shirt with a hood. Yeah. That, I mean. Yeah, that's Well, this this is why I thought I'm like professional wrestling attire. I'm like, somebody does it that. It does kind of feel like a pro. But I mean, yeah. like, okay. Look that's that. like. <laughs> That looks ridiculous. Working on that's that what I feel like I would temp. look like. That's what I feel like I would look like if I wore a, a hooded vest. I have a puffy vest, and I, I'm never like I never know how to wear it. it just it's got a look to it, right? Yeah, like I, just, I can't I figure know. it out. Sometimes yeah. I do. I don't know. I'm feeling courageous. Anyway, so 
that's that's what's been happening in my world. Um, we'll do company updates, and then I have a very exciting uh, fun fact at the end. All right, biggest company update that we have, aside from all the new fun stuff that we're launching, um, is Drew's got another video out on his favorite green pens. Green pens are contentious. They can be hit or miss. You got to get so, the good ones. Yeah, Drew's curated some good ones for you. So um, go check that out if you haven't already. And that's just my favorite. They're green pens that also have like a feature to them. So if you're looking for a green pen, yeah. but also a blank or a blank or a blank, I'm filling in the blanks. There you go. Awesome. Thank you. All right, now let's wrap this thing up. I want to thank you all for watching. Please leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Ask us questions so we can keep the show going. Uh, check out googlypens.com, our self-sponsored whateverness, and uh, fountain pen. That's us running paper. ads. There you go. That's our <laughs> ad. Um, subscribe to YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. All right, my random fun fact. So this has been a big point of debate here at Goulet Pens, specifically around. So this is dealing with sandwiches. The whole notebook sandwich thing mm-hmm. got me down a little bit down a rabbit hole of. How do you actually define a sandwich? I went it? with Merriam-Webster, but I was like, I feel like there's more. I feel like there's more to this. Like Oxford. Right. Or, you know, other places. So it sent me down a path. Other less reliable places? Well, I'll get into it. Oh, so um, I, I went not just hot dog, but I went, you know, but the whole is a hot dog a sandwich thing is a big, big conversation here at Goulet Pens. Merriam-Webster there, says There are some strong feelings about it. There, Yes, exactly. That's one that's one anchor okay. to the conversation. Um, so I found an article. I think it was from like Mental Floss or something like that. But it was it was cited with other sources. So I didn't take the article at face value. But still, it's just an internet thing. Take it for what it's worth. Um, it's where, that was my jumping off point. So uh, I will say as a blanket statement, most of what, from a legal standpoint, what defines something as a sandwich comes down to either like state or federal tax law coming to with like food or health regulation purposes. So that is what, you know, opinions aside, that's where a lot of confusion can set in because different jurisdictions will define things as sandwiches or other things because there are different tax implications depending on what type of like food or restaurant or whatever that it may be. And that is up to interpretation in different jurisdictions. And there are some things that are contradictory. So there is very real and like legally like documented differences and and conflicting things out there as to what is a sandwich and what is not. So I will not be able to answer everything, but I will be able to highlight some points of debate. So if you want to have some some ammo for, you know, correcting, you know, some um, actually type conversations you may be able to have around sandwiches. You know, I'll send you down the path here. So hot dogs. Okay. That was immediately what came to mind for me. So according to California tax law, they word it as hot dog and hamburger sandwiches. So they lump it all into one thing. And they're they're pretty firmly saying like hot dogs are sandwiches. They classify them as hot dog stands, hot dog, you know, restaurants. They call them, they call them sandwiches. Yeah, of course. Um, Miriam Webster, as I stated earlier, also calls hot dog sandwiches. But the USDA, which is the federal defining authority on food things, uh, considers them a sandwich-like product. So they are not considered a full sandwich. Um, They fall into the sandwich-like product, which is a category with burritos and fajitas. So there's this kind of this nebulous place of sandwich-like products Mm -hmm. that the USDA lumps it into. Uh, The USDA defines a sandwich as a meat or poultry filling between two slices of bread, a bun, or a biscuit. 
So according to the USDA, a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich wouldn't even be a sandwich, which to me is insane. That is doesn't insane. feel right. No, USDA is wrong. So yeah, I feel like USDA would be like very pro meat, right? Because yeah. that's like what they do. So I don't know if I completely agree with that one. No. But it's a federal source that our tax dollars are paying for it to be defined that way. So I thought that that was worth noting. Um, now, burritos, getting a little bit away from hot dogs here. Uh, the Massachusetts courts ruled that burritos are not sandwiches officially after a legal kerfuffle between Qdoba and Panera Bread. So this was in the White City Shopping Center. The Panera Bread was already there. And in their lease agreement with their tenant, it was said that there would be no other sandwich restaurants that would be allowed on the premises. And Qdoba was trying to set up on there. And the landlord thought like, well, this won't be a problem because the burritos are obviously not sandwiches. But Panera was trying to block and ended up doing a legal thing saying they can't be in here because we're supposed to be the only sandwich place. So it got like escalated to like the state level and Massachusetts had to actually define that burritos are not sandwiches. How about that? Because of that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And like there's, it just opened up a debate about like, because, you know, some people assumed like, of course they're not sandwiches. Like it's a burrito. But, you know, it it really caused that to be like legally defined, at yeah. least in Massachusetts. Um, now, in the state of New York, which is not that far from Massachusetts, sandwiches include cold and hot sandwiches of every kind that are prepared and ready to be eaten, whether made on bread, on bagels, on rolls, in pitas, in wraps, or otherwise, and regardless of the filling or number of layers, a sandwich can be as simple as a buttered bagel or roll, or as elaborate as a six-foot toasted submarine sandwich. So anything is a sandwich in New York. Because they want to tax it all, <laughs> right? Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. So you can have one state that's like, yeah. obviously burritos are not sandwiches. And New York is like, friggin' everything's a sandwich. <laughs> if a it's buttered the, roll? They if, call a buttered roll a sandwich. Buttered. New is, York? Really? Butter a is buttered the, roll. Is a the, buttered bagel is new, a sandwich? It's the new meat. I don't think so. Butter is the new meat. I think you're a little, you're a little generous there, wow. New York. That's so, funny. But you can dive deeper into this. Yeah. But basically every state has to, because of like tax implications, they have to define all these different things. Isn't that crazy? That is so, crazy. So like, well, what's so funny is around every debate around this, it's always this like, well, like everybody's like, well, obviously it is or it right. isn't. But then you're like, wait a minute. Like, I didn't even know that this was a debate. And that's like, it, it unfolds like that. Like in every single reality. state. I know you feel kind of crazy, but. I thought that was really fun and that was worth sharing. You can look it up. You can debate it with your coworkers or your family members um, and your friends and you can correct them and you can throw whatever facts from whatever states that support your viewpoint and just ignore the other stuff. You know, I feel like that's an appropriate thing to do in 2023. Just leave out the facts that you don't like and just pick the ones that you agree with and then just bombard people with that until you wear them down. Tale as old as time. Yeah. I feel like that's humans have been doing that thing do. since we could do anything. <laughs> so so let me let me ask you this though, going back to the butter thing, just mm -hmm. I'm gonna put on my Brian hat and debate you. Okay. What if you had a bagel and then solid unmelted butter in between the bagel? That's a sandwich, right? That's a butter sandwich. According to New York, hot or cold, it doesn't matter. But like if you but if you had, you know, but like it is more of a sandwich though if you have something solid in there though. Like that you're chewing the butter at that point. You're chomping into it, but if it's melted, it becomes not a sandwich. 
One could argue. Ah. One could argue. I would not consider a bagel with any like condiment or topping to but be a is sandwich. butter still a condiment if it's over an inch thick <laughs> boy <laughs> no that's all right we can be this done. is this is why you get into like yeah. contracts and stuff that end up being like hundreds of pages long yeah because you have to define these things to this degree so anyway let's fun, get fun little debate we can end <laughs> this we've dragged it on long enough hope you all have a great week we'll catch you next week thanks so much for watching and right on